It's time for Twig this week in Google. Stacey Higginbotham's here, Aunt Pruitt, Jeff Jarvis, lots to talk about. You win one, you lose one in court for Google. Netflix is winding down its DVD business. And Mr. Beast is suing over those horrible Mr. Beast burgers. All that more coming up on This Week in Google. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twig, This Week in Google, episode 728, recorded Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. Stupid dove nests. This Week in Google is brought to you by Mylio. Mylio Photos is a smart and powerful system that lets you easily organize, edit, and manage years of important documents, photos, and videos in an offline library hosted on any device. And it's free. Visit Milio.com slash twit. It's time for Twig this week in Google. Uh, the show where we cover the latest news from the Googleverse. Stacy Higginbotham is here. Stacy on IOT.com. Not Glenn Fleischman. Nope. She's not Glenn Fleischman, I could tell. <laughs> She's got I know hair. nothing about fonts. <laughs> she knows nothing about and I have hair. Flongs, and she has hair. There we go. Stacy on IoT.com at Giga Stacy. Thank you for being here, Stacy. We missed you last week. That's why Mike's uh, lower third is in there. He filled in. Yeah, I've heard. Aunt Pruitt's also here, sitting next to me. It's good to see you. You Community manager in our club and, of course, regular on our show. Yep, yep. And to his left, ladies and gentlemen, the Tau Knight Leonard Tau Professor for Journalistic. Well, your camera looks good. You actually a skin tone today. And, and by the way, I... I, I, I look at that. Look Very at that. clever. Look at that. Room Raider says uh, 10 out of 10 for getting the book in. He's got the book over yeah, his right yeah, shoulder. Yeah, only one, though. You should only have one Only book. one, not two. The Leonard Tau Professor for Journalistic Innovation at the... Craig Newmark. Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York. Hello, Hello boss. I'm, I'm, you're wearing your Obama suit today. And still a floating head. My tan jacket. <laughs> well, I'm not the president. I think a president should always For wear you, a navy. Still got the floating head. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. No floating head. He's, he's That's in. better, yeah. What is that, a shark skin? He's, Did you get that from... Down the road and breaking it up some in the Pine Barrens. That's excellent. Is that somebody <laughs> found that on somebody's hey. body in the Pine Barrens? What the hell? It is a little big on you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Garbanzo Beans Fittatori's uh, communion suit there. Can't win in this crowd. <laughs> hey, I apologize for starting a little bit late because uh, I was doing an unboxing, which you'll see in the club. Uh, and on hands-on technology of the uh, Galaxy Z Flip 5. Why they put the Z in there, I'll never know. This is their uh, new folding Zlip. phone. Zlip. And yeah, you could still see, but Stacey, you have the 4. You could still see the little crunch, the thing there, but that's not too bad. Yeah. I, I like I mean, the idea that you could do, it's so compact. And look how big this front screen is that's kind of that cool. is nice because yeah. the other one was like just tiny there was nothing get up there. a, a, a page nice. you know a new york times page on the on the big screen it doesn't have a browser you can only do a few things in it Widget look at all the spam oh, calls did you see all that pinch <laughs> this cover screen to see all your widgets oh look at, look that. at that that's pretty slick so there is a hack i think you use samsung's good lock apps is not really a hack so that you can put any arbitrary app on this uh, screen 
But uh, it comes with some basic widgets like a calendar, weather, uh, a list of all the spam calls you've received over the last <laughs> 12 days. Tap to allow permission to see the widget content. Allow. Pretty smooth performance there, too, on that screen. Yeah, it feels pretty good, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, look at I don't that. know if it has a separate processor. I, I seem to remember that it does. There's a stopwatch, a timer. Uh, I haven't turned on the steps feature, but that'll be my uh, steps. And then when you open it up, uh, you know, you get a regular uh, basic. Basically, call up like a New York Times page on that screen. I just want to see how the, how the fold... Oh, I, you, you don't even see the fold. You might feel it a little bit if you scroll over that. But if you're yeah. holding it in a normal angle, you know, I don't think you really see the, uh, the fold. But I'll, I'll pull up a screen just okay. if I can yeah. find a browser. Jeez. It was like, I haven't page. downloaded my browsers yet. Apparently <laughs> not. Chrome's There's Chrome. Right there. there it is. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Chrome. Let me talk to you a little bit oh, about okay, who sorry, and what Chrome is. It's balanced, enhanced, safe browsing. Sure. Mm -hmm. no, NY Times. Oh boy, I can never type on these. Uh... NYT.com. Oh really? Or NYT? Does that work? Just NYT. Oh, it does. Yeah. Didn't know. Okay. Didn't know that. Uh... Oh. <laughs> Come on. Go to CNN. Go to CNN. Anyway, what you could see. I mean, you know, you could see if I yeah, angle okay, it fine. right, you yeah. could see there's. A... But it's not it's not annoying, and when I'm looking at it straight on, I don't really see it. Yeah, I think. How about you, Stacey? Did you get real. used to it? Yeah, yeah. Your, your brain is real smart; it gets used to yeah. lots of things. Yeah. Does it have to adjust? Uh, do they adjust around the bump at all in the no. software? Or no? Although there are some programs, like I'll go to the camera that are bump aware. So right. so when you when you do this, you you get the picture and the top part and the controls in the bottom part. And so this becomes like a little, like a little stand for your for your camera, that kind of thing. And I do believe if I flip around, I think I can use this. Can I? Lies, lies, <laughs> lies, all lies. I have to unlock it here. Hold on. I'm, you know, your unlock is, doesn't seem to work very well. You, you no, it does. I'm. This is new. I'm not. I'm not yet proficient. Proficient. Your finger. Because it's, it's actually an aging dog learning new tricks. It, hey, <laughs> wow. hey, uh, just because you're a young pup. Wow. <laughs> no reason to diss your elders. <laughs> Google is in the news. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's never a good thing, it seems. Why would we talk what? about that on this show? <laughs> Again? <laughs> judge, uh, the judge has thrown out... Uh, I would say the oh, okay. the majority part of the complaint against Google that the state attorneys general put together uh, last Friday, Judge Amit P. Mehta of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia dismissed four claims in the lawsuit and allowed the government lawyers to move forward with three. Uh, the four claims he threw out were the claims that Google favored its own sites with its search results. He said, well, good. In fact, he like, said, it's business. He said, that's stupid. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but they are going to get to go ahead. Um, he said, okay, so Judge Mehta wrote the trial was warranted to assess whether Google's exclusivity deals for web browsers and preloading its services on Android devices illegally help oh. the internet company to maintain a mon monopoly. You know, they, we've talked about it. They pay Apple 15, we think about 15 billion a year to be the default search on iPhone. Mm -hmm. They make deals with everybody who puts, like Samsung, who puts Android on their device to make sure that Google is the default search. 
In fact, I think it's part of the, the you know, ha- Open Handset Alliance's deal. If you want the Google services, you've got to do that. Um, but regarding the search, he said government had not, demonstra- quote, demonstrated the requisite anti-competitive effect, end quote, to prove that Google broke the law in other ways, such as by boosting its own products and search results over those of specialized sites with Amazon and Yelp. Yelp was the, one of the chief complainers. They basically Yelp lost. Yelp has been whining for years. Yeah. Uh, so this will be the first major tech monopoly trial since Microsoft in the 90s, according to the New York Times, and they ought to know, amid a renewed backlash over the power of the tech giants. Um, FTC, as well as the state's attorney general, going after Google. But Google, I would, I think you can categorize this as a victory, uh, initial victory in this battle. So what are the what are the what are the three charges that go ahead then? I'm, I'm confused. Uh, the the charge that they are uh, it's anti competitive for them to require uh, companies to use Google Search on their Android devices, um, boosting its as let's see when, let me let, uh, the trial was warranted to assess whether Google's exclusivity deals for web browsers and preloading services on Android devices. So for instance, if it's hilarious, uh, we're back to the Microsoft case. It's web browsers. Again. No, 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 no. And it's more than that. Why wouldn't we go after? Okay, keep going. So Sorry. Google has, uh, as you know, Android is open source. So anybody, me, I can make Leo's phone, put Android on it. But what would be missing is the Google Play, Play Store, Store and Google services, underlying services that many apps use and require. Things like the Firebase mm-hmm. uh, notification manager, things like that. So if I want to give a, make you a fully functioning Android phone, I've got to make a deal with Google. And you remember Google's gotten in trouble with these deals in other ways. For instance, they used to say, well, you can't do a non-Google phone and a Google phone because that will confuse people. So if you're going to sign a deal with us, all your phones have to be Google services phones. Uh, I don't think Google charges you money, but they have certain requirements like you have to have Chrome on there. You have to have Google Messages on there. You probably, I'm guessing, I'll have to look, you have to use uh, Google Search as the default search, things like that. And that's what they're, the trial will, we'll find out when the trial. But the big one, which was, I think, the one that Yelp, and remember they had this problem in, in Europe where the EU said, you know, Google shopping. Google shopping, you, oh, these poor other shopping sites, they can't compete. And and they did find Google, I think, a lot of money, but not not in the U.S. And I think that that's the right answer. So that trial begins. I think so too. September twelfth. Uh, the Times says it stands out as the most direct government attempt in years to confront one of the world's biggest tech companies about longtime business practices. The trial is expected to last almost ten weeks and to mm. scrutinize not only how Google conducts its business but its relationships with other major companies, such as Apple. Where and is it going to be held? Samsung. Uh, it's in the Bay Area, I think. It's in the. No, I'm sorry. It's you DC. Said DC right? It is the DC Circuit Court, so it'll be in DC. Um, that's a busy, uh, <laughs> busy venue. <laughs> it's gonna be a little crowded in there in that venue. Uh, Would you rather be on the Trump jury or the Google jury? Yeah. Bill Baer, a former Justice Department antitrust official, quoted in the Times, said the cases were as significant as the landmark litigation against Microsoft, uh-huh. which was ridiculous. Um, I think of I think a victory at least a fifty percent victory for Google already in this one. Yeah, uh, this was filed in uh, twenty twenty. <sighs> Lost so so ahead. the the folks like OnePlus they don't have to rely on Google services. I thought there they don't have Android to, but they do that- because you can't sell 
in in the U.S. anyway, you can't sell an Android That's phone that doesn't thing. have the Play Store. Right. I'm thinking so there like are a lot of Huawei's and all of them that yeah, don't really sell in China. Sell they don't yeah, because Google doesn't right. do business in China. That's right. So Huawei has to provide its own, you know, Play Store and all that stuff. And they seem to be doing just fine over there. I think well, if you bought an Android phone, if you're buying a Google phone, you want the Google services. I think it's an appropriate thing to to require. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if it's right to say Google phone versus an Android phone. Yes, yeah, not a Google phone. Yes, exactly well, right. I, okay, he misspoke. Well, I, I would like to apologize <laughs> for my client, Your Honor. He misspoke. <laughs> he meant to say, "I'm guilty as sin." Actually, Wash my mouth out with a mouse. Yes, <laughs> <like> a mouse. <laughs> Actually, Twitter apparently getting a little bit of a fine. This just in. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say Twitter? I meant the the company formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. X. Fined $350,000. Apparently, Jack Smith, the special prosecutor for the Justice Department, filed a warrant with Twitter back in mid-January saying, we want everything you've got on the real Donald Trump account, including all the tweets. It also said in the search warrant... It asked for a non-disclosure order, arguing that revealing the warrant to Trump would... Because remember, this time he does not know he is even the subject of an investigation, he might suspect. But he does not. He hasn't received that letter yet. It might would seriously jeopardize the ongoing investigation by giving him an opportunity to destroy evidence or otherwise change his behavior. No. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, Smith is leading... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit rejected Twitter's objections to an order that prohibited the company from notifying anybody about the warrant. Oh, this is where free speech comes in. Yes. Musk said, I want to tell everybody, including DJT. Uh, Twitter did ultimately comply with the warrant, but... Twitter was also arguing that they needed time to fight that through, but they still had a warrant and a deadline that they missed. And they missed it, so $350,000. Three days. Pay to fine. So, by the way, if you haven't received your check from Elon uh, for your... Uh, you know, revenue share mm-hmm. with Twitter. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the government's fault. Blame, the only person getting Justice paid Department. is his lawyer, apparently. <laughs> the Justice Department. Well, I wouldn't bet on that, Ant. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Look, he keeps filing these suits against people, oh and, and some lawyer is taking the, the retainer. Has to. You right? saw you saw his tweet last weekend that uh, anybody who got fired because of something they tweeted, yeah, or even a like, will defend you to unlimited amount of money will yeah. defend you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Don't count on that. <laughs> would be much. Well, and, and immediately people noted the people who had been fired from Twitter for saying things. Oh, whoops. Like, so. Well, no, we didn't mean them. We have the first case for you. Yeah. No, we didn't mean them. I did read the replies to that initial tweet. There were thousands of people yeah. saying, yeah, I was fired. Uh, give me, yeah. Huh? Uh, so anyway, good news for Google in that uh, in that case. Uh, uh, a, a, as Bloomberg put it, slimmed down lawsuit. Google did change the name of one of their products, though. <laughs> in order Shocking. To, in order to avoid a little scrutiny. Um, so, Google used to call their ads in-stream ads. These are the ads in the middle of a YouTube. They removed the in-stream classification from the name of one of its video formats because buyers are questioning whether Google's telling them the truth regarding inventory that of ad inventory they're selling to them. In-stream ads are being renamed to skippable ads. Oh. Yeah. So 
just to more accurately describe the ad format, they didn't want people to know they were skippable, uh, skippable until they people said, "Wait a minute, it's skippable." Oh. In uh, early June, we started offering display and video 360 advertisers 30 and 60 second unskippable in-stream ads on YouTube and YouTube TV. Oh, I see. The presumption was they were unskippable. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. They called them in-stream yeah. instead of unskippable. <laughs> or skippable. Unskippable. <laughs> Given or that skippable. other YouTube okay, ad yeah, formats so. serve in-stream, wow, our bad. My bad. Did you hate it when people say my bad? Like, it's okay now, because I said my bad. You caught us. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> my bad. We changed the name of the skippable ad format Busted. from in-stream ads to skippable, skippable. ads. <laughs> for clarity. Not, that doesn't sound like a very good selling proposition now. <laughs> Do you yeah. buy skippable ads? No. In-stream ads? Oh, I'd buy I those. would certainly pay less for them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Much less. A report from research firm, this is from Adweek. Uh, a report from research firm Adalytics accused YouTube of misleading buyers, particularly selling outstream video placements while specifying to buyers that their ads would only air in-stream. And I'm not sure what this all means. If you're an ad buyer, you do. Google has denied the allegations in the Adalytics report. In-stream ads typically refer to ads that accompany a video, while outstream ads appear in a user's feed or via a small muted video player within the article. Outstream ads are unlikely to be related to the content the user's watching. In-stream ads are. Uh, I'm lost on this one. Within analytics sample of ads that aired on the Google Video Partner Network, approximately 80% were found to be delivering on sites which offered muted, auto-played, obscured, that's the big one, or outstream video placements. So you think you bought an ad in the middle of Mr. Beast's video. Right. In fact, it wasn't playing in the video at all. It was playing in a little on the small banner screen. On the side, and in many cases, that was covered up anyway, so nobody saw it at all. Oh, sneaky Google. But Google would charge people for the view. Sneaky Google. Analytics found that large swaths of advertisers' campaigns could end up on GVP inventory and not YouTube videos. So, uh, yikes. How dodgy is this? Yeah. Like, at what point <laughs> yeah. did these come? Like, <laughs> I just don't understand how you could be a reputable business. I mean, that's an argument for Monopoly itself, just because, like, why would you ever go to this place if you knew how dodgy they were? I right. feel like Google has an ad sales division that is pushing all the time, right? And Google just doesn't have enough control of them. To keep That's them. true of all ad sales. It's always a no? true. Always, yes. Yeah. yeah, they're always going to try to sell something new. You know, when, when I started websites, this- the pages got junky very fast because I got uh, They won't buy the regular unit. I've got to sell a new unit. I've got to call it a super duper unit. Yeah, we got a thing and- called a takeover. There will actually not be any content on the page. It'll just be an ad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to keep these. You know, nothing. Look, at they're trying to make a living. Yep. They yeah, push yeah, it as exactly. hard as they this, can. It's, it's the responsibility of management to say the no. advertisers are saying, "I want something special and new. I don't want what what oh, everybody else is buying." That we get that. By the way, <laughs> I shouldn't. Uh, this is speaking out of school because I happen to be married. The person doing running the business, but <laughs> there, people will say, literally, come to us and say, "We don't want to do anything anybody else has done yet before." Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you have that no one's ever done before? And we go. 
N- nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, you want to put it on a balloon? Hasn't occurred yet, so it's new. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We have certain things we do. That's about it. But yeah, it's very common. And it's, I, it I think you should sense. also you should offer a charades or charades ad. <laughs> And Where, that would be, we'll call it an engagement costs 20% ad. more because wow. of the fancy pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. And it's, and it's for a podcast, which makes it even special. <laughs> By the way. Even more special. That was an unskippable ad. Slash twit. <laughs> <laughs> Unless wow. you are a subscriber to Club Twit. Right. No, if you were if you were watching the video, you saw an ad. If you were just listening, you just learned, heard Leo breathing hard. This is true. <laughs> he was moving fast. Uh, one media buyer who was not authorized to speak to the press told Adweek, "I think it's dishonest. Were you not accurately yeah. representing skippable ad formats before?" So, the answer is no. So how soon will we see the next lawsuit? Yeah, that's so a lawsuit so versus Google. But but ad, ad uh, buyers, agencies, and brands have complained forever mm-hmm. about click fraud. All and it's not just YouTube; it's everywhere, right, Jeff? They can complain oh, yeah. about digital click ads are fraud, problem. but do they always have the data to back it up? Well, in this case, I think they have. now they do. Well, but and Google virtually and admitted it by changing days, the name. You know, because they said, "Oh, whoops, my bad." <laughs> in the very earliest days of the web, Ant mm-hmm. uh, GM. Uh, I think was the first advertiser to insist to all media sites, we're serving our ads. You open it up on your page so that we can serve our ads so we know what got served. Now, mm-hmm. whether it got seen or not was another issue. Right. But there was mistrust from the very, very first. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's a, that's a com, that's a always, that tension's always there from magazines using the ABC to say, oh, yeah, 15 different people read this magazine. There was a big hand mm-hmm. hand around. Everybody saw time that week. Um, by the way, the EU does not like behavioral ads. They do not like targeted ads. And they're increasingly oh, no. showing this. Norway has just announced they're going to fine Meta um, one million crowns a day. Which sounds like a lot more than it is. <laughs> well, let me see here. Uh, I don't know. The that's 89,000 euros a day. So, you know, it's, it's almost $100,000 a day. That's non-trivial. That's a lot. Yeah, I could not no. pay that. No, I would stop <laughs> Even my you, Stacey? Here, you? I knew the most if it, successful if it IoT 50, podcaster you could, in history. Right? You? I mean, that's it? not even supported by my bougie lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, so this is You'd over. Have to give up a waffle a week. This is this is over Google's ex, uh, uh, admitted habit, or Meta's admitted habit, Google does it too, though, of data harvesting for behavioral ads. Now, a behavioral ad is different than an than a, uh, interest ad, right? I, I think so. So, um, and by the way, they ruled last month, Norway ruled that, they, that it would ban behavioral ads on Facebook and Instagram over privacy breaches. And they said, you'll be fine if you don't fix this. They didn't, so that's why the uh, fine has kicked in. As this is what the regulator said. Invasive commercial surveillance for marketing purposes is one of the biggest risks to data protection on the Internet today. Users must have sufficient control over their own data, and any tracking must be limited. But this is something... Nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah, but it is part of the... Um, I mean, kind of the underpinning of how the web is financed, right? Yes, unfortunately. Yep. Well, 
Uh, would you rather have uh, two choices? One, there's no targeting at all. It looks like you're going down the worst highway with nothing but billboards aimed at everybody. Or two, advertising doesn't work anymore, so now everything's behind a paywall. Well, there's a middle ground. So they, they call these behavioral ads because it's tracking based on sites you go see or things you know, groups you're a member of, mm-hmm. as opposed to interests that you explicitly state. You know, when you're, I, I remember dimly from being on Facebook that you might say, yeah, I'm interested in college football. Mm-hmm. You can advertise against that. That's not a behavioral ad. But right. if you go to watch college football or you click a lot of college football stories, I think those are behavioral That's ads. Behavior. So well, they're when, targeting when do you have no, I don't I don't know, Leah. When do you have the opportunity to say to fill out a form and say I like college football and give me the ads on that? Whenever you open the you say, I didn't say give me the ads. You talk about it or go to I didn't the say give me the ads. No, whenever but, you open a social media account, I say, what are you they have a survey as soon yeah. as you as soon as you open it up. Yeah. Oh, I don't think anybody uses that. <laughs> I talk to Google they News and I tell do. it what I want Even more Twitter or less of based yeah. on my interests. Yeah. Every time I uh, let me close and open my uh, close my Reddit account and and I log mean, back in. Blue Sky probably didn't do it. I don't remember them doing well, they don't Blue Sky. Right, but the oh, other platforms. Take me a little while because I got As soon as you log in with a brand new account, they say welcome and hey, what are your, some of your interests? Check here, check here, check here. You know. I wouldn't buy any ads on that because the data is old. You sign into your Facebook account when you were still, a, a, you know, in your case, Ant, when you were still a teenager looking for a first date. You know, <laughs> you've changed instead. I just can't, barely. I can't remember the, you know, but I think Facebook. I've always, I think Facebook's always done this, but um, I see it other places. I guess that's the point, mm-hmm. you know. And like Google News, and Google News ostensibly they're asking you so which so tell you which stories that they're going to show. Unfortunately, Google News is still not quite getting it for me. But do you though. think, Stacy, when you tell them that that they also use that information and send it on to advertisers? Say, oh yeah, we got somebody who's really interested oh, in yeah. IoT here. Sure, it's not that they send it to the advertisers. No, they don't they sell the based upon it. Yeah, yeah, they sell yeah. ads against it. That's which is a big really difference. important difference. We should. Yeah. Absolutely emphasize. Because people kind of assume that they're selling it to the advertisers. They're not. They're selling you. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to log into Reddit. So I'm re-logging into Reddit. Let's see if it asks me what... Uh... No, but that's logging in. You're not creating an account. No, I logged out and logged in. Yeah, so... Sometimes it does it. It will give me a big pop-up that says... Oh, just when you log... Oh, yeah, wow. what do you want? What do you want to see more of? Yeah. Okay. And this is, by the way, this is closely tied to Reddit killing the API and the third-party apps. Because uh-huh. if you're on the web page, they can do all of that. And right. then they can show you ads against it. They couldn't right. do that on third-party apps. So, Whatever uh, happened to that story? You know, uh, I think Reddit won. What was it, $25 million? Was a big, it was a big number like that. So, yeah, you're talking uh, about Christian Selig, who uh, created the Apollo the app. Apollo, yes, sir. And uh, he said it would cost him, uh, I think even more, $20 million a month uh, to, to pay Reddit for what they wanted for their API access, and he couldn't afford it, so he shut the app down. A lot of third-party apps right. went away. Uh, a lot of mods and Reddit groups said... Oh, that's no good. We're closing. We're not going to. We're only going to show pictures of. Yeah, it went dark for a while, right? What's his name? From, of, uh, uh, of John um, Oliver. John Oliver. Yeah, John Although, or we're going to mark our thing NSFW so they can't sell ads against it. Basically, behind the scenes, Reddit has fired those mods, has gotten rid of those people. Uh, a lot of people made noises they were going to leave Reddit, but there was no good alternative. As far as I can tell, Reddit is unchanged. It's, it's, it's businesses. Yeah, I have mostly today, left Reddit. Have you? Good for you. Yeah, I just well because like I don't Reddit. want. 
I like Reddit, but I don't like the app. And they're just part of this is all to get you more to the app. So the web experience is just so bad. I agree. Mm. Uh, I'm so dependent I mean, on I'd Reddit for information. Well, I do pay them, by the way. How do you? What do you? Pay oh yeah, right, there's. Oh yeah, oh, with no. the karma. You had the, no, no, no. There's, he's there's, got the premiums. There's Reddit service. premium. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so I don't do see a any ads. Job advertising that. <laughs> Maybe that's Wait, why what? they need the ads. Uh, yeah, no, I pay for my Reddit account. Um, I don't think it's even that expensive. Let's see where it is. Oh, I see. It's, I'm looking for it. So I see this tiny little thing in yes. the corner. You have to really Reddit look premium. for it. Yeah. Try now. Yeah. Oh. But, oh, you know, I don't mind pay. paying Reddit because it's so intensely valuable. Although I completely understand the point of view of the moderators and the contributors that Reddit is just a platform. Mm -hmm. What you pay for and you des and you find valuable on Reddit is our posts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there is there is value in being a platform. I mean, this is the double side. This is the platform problem. You, it's like being a member at a social club, right? You create a nice experience for people. You invest in that, and then those people come in, and other people are like, "Oh, I want to hang out with those people. I should totally right. join their thing." Right. And then you feed that back into investing in the making the infrastructure and community nice. This it'll be interesting. One of the litmus tests I'll use as you know every December I do a, a coding challenge called the Advent of Code. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. And Reddit is the off-site kind of headquarters unofficially. There's a whole subreddit called Advent of Code and people every day they post their solutions, they post their hints, their tips, their questions. And it's a very it's very active one month a year. Mm -hmm. It's still around, but you know nothing's happening right now. But come December, this will be an interesting test. There have been people who've said, uh, you know, the Lemmy World, for instance, or the Lemmy, which is a, a Fediverse version of Reddit, sort That's of. That's what everyone is suggesting to us here of, in our Discord. I sort of. Discord. It's not quite, but anyway, uh, they have an advent of code, uh, whatever they call it, subreddit. I will compare the two in December because that's really. It's things like that that really are going to tell me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If if with all of this stuff going on with Reddit, would those communities decide to move to something like our sponsored disc discourse and make their own? The difference is Reddit is centralized. Twitter is centralized. Mm -hmm. And so when you get Mastodon or, or forums, or it's spread out. Mm -hmm. So where does so with something like Advent of Code, you want to go where everybody else who's doing it is going to be there. Whatever okay. the 400,000 people that are doing it, yep. they're all there. So you need a centralized platform for something like that. Um, I, you know, Lemmy's interesting. Uh, this will be a, an interesting test. I have yet to find it as compelling, frankly, as, um, as Reddit. Interesting. I think that's the first time I've heard you say this is where centralized would work for something on the show. Yeah. Yeah. 12 million people use Lemmy now, but that's um, Lemmy is uh, is like Mastodon. It's federated. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I'm on Lemmy World, which is, I think, the biggest. <laughs> Lemmy one. is like Mastodon and you have to make a lot of decisions. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to use and you'll doubt yourself a lot. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say it's okay. It's just not Tycoon recommended this to me. I'll go ahead and say now, based on what I'm seeing on Mr. Laporte's screen, this is not what I'm looking it for. It ain't Reddit. I, I'm not even looking for Reddit. I was just wanting Google News to work better. Right. Um, I don't. Well, look at my Reddit here. I'll, I'll just go back to my Reddit, and you can uh, you can see how you feel about that. Because to me, I go through this, mm -hmm. 
And I've picked my interests. So you're not interested in Valheim the game, but I see a lot of Valheim uh-huh. posts. Succession, the TV show. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's the Bay Area. These are all subreddits, politics, chess, I'm- programming. So I pick the things that I care about. This is a fun one. What is this thing? People post pictures. <laughs> of things and they go what is this i found this what is this this is a piece of metal with jet lag written on it what's it for uh i like that one i like i like the stupid dove nests stupid dove nests wait a minute is it stupid i think it's i think it's stupid dove nests or is that it all i ever thought reddit was about was just the meme culture stupid dove dove nests this is is that uh, yes. In the middle of a bus yes. station, amongst the spikes. Oh, <laughs> if you love, this is for Craig Newmark. This is for Craig. Yeah, it's not doves; Craig. those are pigeons. Wait a minute, pigeons what's the are difference? In the dove family. Yeah, so a, a dove is a white pigeon, the, right? The joke is that they just are the. They throw like two sticks on the ground and lay their eggs on it. <laughs> it's just picture after picture of like. The hell, man! <laughs> Got a problem with that? So that one is good enough. Uh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, you're right. They're not making the best decisions, are they? These are not architecturally sound. <laughs> I mean, these are actually okay, but the the really beautiful ones are like they're like I came back from the grocery store and this is on my windshield and it's like three sticks on your windshield wiper yeah. and an egg yeah. and they're like dove nest dove nest. I actually say the doves uh, at the uh, Sagrada Familia in uh, in Barcelona, they've got a good place to nest. Gaudi, actually, he was a big fan of nature, built into the beautiful plaster facade of this massive Catholic cathedral, dovecoats. Wow. And they're places that you can see them walking in. They have these beautiful houses amongst the statuary. <laughs> it's really incredible. Uh, that you will not find on stupid doveness. All right, I'm uh, so no, so so oh we found this. This is an example of how you use Reddit. Yeah, I think I'd like to see more stupid dove nests. I never I got into Reddit, I so I join it, and now it's in my list of things. And you can choose, by the way, notice best, hot. So these are the hot topics, new topics, or the most upvoted. The key on Reddit is people. Vote up yeah, or no, down. No, upvotes are the main. So you see, the most upvoted ones are going to be the big, the big stories that people are really paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of politics in here. Um, but that's part of your interest, though. Well, I. But stuff, if I right? just follow best, uh, there's a lot more Valheim and Succession. <laughs> here's some chess. Here's a little politics. Here's a little fishing. Here's a little. You know, it's a little less. And of course. But see, for really geeky subjects like Emacs or uh, Advent of Code, I think this is, having a centralized place is great. If I go to Mastodon, a lot of that stuff is discussed on my uh, Twitter.social feed, mm-hmm. but it's all, but it's more like Twitter. It's all kind of all over the all place. All over the place. Yeah. Well, I'm going to create a Mast email so I can have a Reddit account and try it out. There you go. That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, dude, and there's some great accounts for like weightlifting and photography, physical fitness, brown and photography, cigar. Yeah, because all I ever knew about with Reddit was just the meme culture, and mm. I I don't really no care for that. No. I never really thought about going to Reddit for news. The interesting thing about Reddit is it's very segregated, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of adult content. You know, I never see that because I yeah, I'm just not you, following. Right? There's a lot of you know politics. If you don't, don't you don't you don't want politics, don't follow politics you won't see it right 
You, right. you really get to choose uh, your topics, which I, I like. See, it's no good for me. I search for Gutenberg, and I get WordPress or the Gutenberg the Musical. You know? Uh, it just doesn't work. I'm excited about well, you that. Like, you I saw like a poster part. for that the other day. I thought, <laughs> Jarvis has got to know about this. So so it's been played elsewhere. I've actually, you know, because it's, it's like the producers. The idea is that they have to make them a It's really show. bad. And I've heard the soundtrack, and they succeed. It's really horrible. <laughs> It's really Josh bad. Gad is in it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Josh Gad and I was Andrew trying to Rennell's. think of a way to to uh, you know leapfrog onto this. What would be a Gutenberg trend here? I was thinking maybe I should try to write actual Gutenberg facts for the playbook. Well, you I, could do what the editor of Gizmodo is that doing. Was stupid. The editor of Gizmodo is really mad about the Tetris movie on Apple TV Plus. He said the movies take it from my book about Tetris, and he's suing him. <gasps> and I enjoyed that movie. It was a good movie. Oh, hey, you're like, perpetrated a monstrosity. Oh, that was yes. like a Stacey reaction. <laughs> Damn. Um, well, but give give this guy uh, credit because uh, it really does look like there are whole case? passages from the book oh, that are in the movie. He so remember the 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 movie about Tetris really was more about the intrigue between the Soviet Union and the United States. It was more a political thriller. Yeah. He says, that was my premise in my book, mm. was it was going to be a spy novel that just happened to be about Tetris. And the key scene in the, the wonderful scene, is where the guy who has boldly gone into the Soviet Union illegally to try to get the rights to Tetris is at the Soviet, some Soviet spy factory, right? Mm. And they're going back and forth negotiating with him and another guy. Oh, and it's a great scene so straight good. out of the book. So good. Straight out of the book. Dang. So I think, uh, I he suspect. He hadn't seen a dime. Well, he, and his, he's got, I think he's got a very strong case. This is, uh, what was it? The um, famous case, Jeff, you'll remember this. Art Was it Art Buchwald? Uh, who sued saying his book... Um, had been. You're st- older than me, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Buchwald versus Paramount. You don't remember this? No, I don't. Uh, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> Art Buchwald <laughs> said that he brought the idea for coming to America, the Eddie Murphy movie yeah. in 1988, to Paramount Pictures. They looked at his idea and said, "Yeah, that's great. Thanks. See ya." And then made the movie. He won the lawsuit. Uh, and got a big settlement from Paramount. We don't know how much. This is uh, why they don't open over the transom stuff. Right. They don't want to. Do I don't want anybody to send me ideas for podcasts in case I do them. And then they say, well, that was my idea. Mm. Uh, but no, the court found that Paramount to Jason Calacanis. unconscionable means of, de- yeah, I know, of determining how much to pay <laughs> authors called Hollywood Accounting. Paramount said, we never made any money on coming to America. So what is there to give you? Oh, yeah, now I remember this part, right? Yeah. Uh, And so the court agreed with Buchwald that this was unconscionable, therefore invalid. Uh, Paramount settled for $900,000. So the editor-in-chief of Gizmodo is smart. He's starting off saying, I don't want profits because I know you're going to mess with that. That's going to be Hollywood accounting. I want a percentage of the cost of the movie, of producing it. This is from uh, Reuters. Dan Ackerman, editor-in-chief of the tech news website Gizmodo, filed suit in Manhattan Federal Court on Monday, a couple of days ago, accusing Apple, the Tetris company, and others of adapting his book 
the book, uh, The Tetris Effect, the game that hypnotized the world, was published in 2016. He sent it to the Tetris company, pre-release. Uh, they they saw it, uh, and they made the movie anyway, right? The book describes the Soviet history of the popular puzzle game and the fight for its global licensing rights as a, quote, Cold War thriller with a political intrigue, Nailed right? Yeah. That's what made it interesting, it. frankly. Yeah. Uh, so he's smart. He, given the Buchwald Paramount case, he's not suing for profits. He's suing for a percentage of the production costs. Smart, man. Very, yeah, it's, it's sharp. Uh, that was a little bit of a uh, digression from our uh, central topic, <laughs> which is about Google. We'll have more <laughs> about Google in just a little bit. Oh, gosh. I want to tell you about something I just uh, found, a brand new sponsor. Have you played with MyLeo yet? Because this is made for you. I start. I downloaded it last night. The photo. So the photo. It. So, Myle- <clears throat> it's M-Y-L-I-O, MyLeo Photos. MyLeo is what you've been looking for. First of all, it's very smart. It's privacy forward. It's completely offline. You're not storing in anybody's cloud unless you choose to. And even then, they'll say, okay, you want to encrypt it before you put it on Google Drive or OneDrive or, or Dropbox uh, so that it's completely private. But it does all the things that those other server-based tools do. For instance, I've I tagged... Uh, about 20 pictures of family and friends. It then goes through the rest of my more than 100,000 photos, tags them. Nice. Very well, very accurately, finds nice. baby photos, everything. Uh, it will do smart tagging where it says those are mountains, that's a river, all the stuff that... That know, I would normally have to do manually. You would do manually. You would do manually. It's completely offline. You back up where you want. I actually have it going to my Synology. So I have a Synology backup of it. Uh, if you go with My Leo Photos Plus... You can have it on all your apps, on your all your devices. So it's on my iPhone, my Android phone. It's going to be on this. And you get to choose whether it's a thumbnail of the image, an optimized version of the image, or the original. And you can mix and match. It'll even tell you how much each is going to use up on your disk. It works with your device's filing systems, so you don't have to spend time to import. In fact, I said, yeah, get my Flickr. Oh, here is a great thing. I know I have tons of photos in Google Photos that I never put in my big dam in mm. iCloud or in Lightroom. So it says, okay, fine. Do your Google takeout. I did. Got all the images, hundreds of gigabytes worth of images, right. and it just imports them. I don't have to do anything else. It categorizes them. It oh, organizes geez. them by a folder. So it's year, day, month if you want, whatever you want. It did all the organization. It's super fast search, so I, I could type in a name, and boom, there's all the pictures of that person. I can type in pictures of dogs. There's all my dog pictures. Oh, uh, no. It's incredible. And here's the best part. It's free. That's that's what got me. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, where's the cost on this? <laughs> well, they obviously, they would like you to get a subscription, but, you, mm-hmm. but all of the features I just described on one device are free. So go ahead and go to MyLeo Photos, download it, and try it. M-Y-L-I-O dot com slash twit. And try it. You will see. Oh, I didn't mention this. It has OCR built in, optical character recognition. Oh, so I imported all my documents as well, and it automatically categorizes them based on text. And if there's text in the photo, it uses the text. It's, it's you know, if you're moving away from Evernote, if you want to get off the cloud, if you want to, if you're, I moved away from Lightroom a long time ago, if you want a digital asset management tool, not just for photos, but for documents, 
You could find old documents you thought were lost. Oh, you can actually yeah. update them in the Mario Photos because app and keep the, the original intact. It's because it's got OCR. And if you do decide to get the Mario Photos Plus subscription, all your devices connect to one central library, in effect, without a cloud storage. So I have one truth. So I can look on my iPhone. It doesn't have room to store all the photos, but I have all the thumbnails on my iPhone, so I know what I've got. Oh, and yeah, in the menu, if you want to edit it, you say edit it, and whatever you want, Photoshop, Darkroom, whatever you like, it ha it's, they adds all your photo editing apps to the menu so you can just put it right in there. This is the digital asset management tool you've been waiting. Preserve your wow. digital legacy. I was blown away. I have literally moved everything into it. Do it for free right now on your computer or mobile device. Go to mylio.com slash twit. Please go to that address, not your your app store, because I want, I want to get credit. Yes, please, and thank you. Go to that address. You're going to get some special offers. For the subscription plan, the MyLeo Photos Plus, mylio.com slash twit. If you have any questions, just download it right now for free. It does is a little bit of a learning curve because it does so much, but they have a great tutorial built in. Walk your way through that. I think this is what you're looking for. M-Y-L-I-O dot com slash twit. It's, it's, I put this in our family, the Pruitt Slack channel yesterday yeah, yeah. because everybody should use it. is interested in photography. Right. And I said, here, try this out. And, well, and I downloaded it yesterday, but now I really need to go. If you start with it, then you never have to worry ever again. MyLeo, M-Y-L-I-O dot com slash twit. Do you know? How big a drive did you have to buy for all of that? Uh, well, I bought eight terabytes. Well, no, I bought an enclosure that holds four SSDs. And right now it's four two terabyte SSDs. So it's eight terabytes. But I have a feeling it's going to get bigger. But I can always add more storage if I need to. That's the other part of it. Because it's backing up to a lot of places. If mm -hmm. I start over on one of them and just take it from everywhere else and put it in there. So Man. It's going to be easy to upgrade it. It's going to be easy to upgrade it. Uh, let's see here. Blue jeans. Forever in blue jeans. Isn't that what uh, Neil Diamond said? Burgess. Guess how much Verizon paid in May 2020. So Verizon, I mean, just use their logic. It's May 2020. <laughs> the pandemic's been going on for three months. They're going, <gasps> opportunity. Everybody's working from home. We need a video conferencing solution. So they went and bought blue jeans for, are you ready for this? I think it was, Hit me. How much was it? It doesn't say in this article. I think it was $400 million. I was going to say $200 million. Two, maybe it's $200 million. You're probably right, though. Was it was hundreds of millions of dollars. Unfortunately, <laughs> Don't. about a month later, this thing called Zoom uh, completely took over. And blue jeans never went anywhere. Now I have blue jeans installed on my computer because there are I've done blue jeans meetings. Have you ever done a? I think the whole idea was blue jeans was more corporate slash enterprise from my experience yeah. versus being something that the average person would get their hands on. Right? Yeah, Facebook it was more like a WebEx. WebEx, yeah, yeah more like that. Yeah. yeah, I see. With a name, to me, I thought it was more like for schools and, and normal people. I thought it was mm -hmm. relaxed. Mm -hmm. No, I always it was saw a it good service. Actually, I liked. Did it, it have a scotch more room in the crotch? <laughs> Wait, <what>? like a <laughs> what? Levi five hundred ones? No. Okay. No, it no? was less than five hundred million, but the deal total wasn't. It was a I'm lot. I'm just skipping right <laughs> it's over. Like that. a half a billion dollars, kiddos. Well, guess what? Are you serious? Guess what? 
They're shutting it down. Mm, it's over. Of it. Shutting it down. Verizon buys stuff all the time and shuts it down. I mean, they're like the, uh, Yahoo. They, that's a Yahoo huge, of telco. That's incredible. Uh, they I, just could not compete Verizon. with Zoom. At yeah. the beginning of and 2022, Google, Google and Verizon partnered to preload the Blue Jeans app on Google Glass. <laughs> oh, jeez. Dead in the water, folks. No, Dead no, in that, the water. Talk about. So, this is <laughs> now, this cooties. is last year. Last year, the conferencing program you never heard of goes on the glasses you never wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Winning. It's <laughs> the perfect sales pitch. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, they get they had a free tier this year. They're trying desperately, right? Oh, um, dude. But it didn't. It didn't. No, I've been on Blue Jeans meetings. They were just. They're all the same, aren't they? Pretty much. Yeah. They're commodities. Yeah. Well, Verizon was also trying to pitch this idea that it would be integrated with its five G services for professionals. So you would basically like think about a hospital or a HIPAA compliant business. They would be like, okay, use Blue Jeans because Verizon can lock it down. Ah, okay. This ah. conference. And the problem is there were all these other specialty services that were already marketed to medical professionals. Right. And mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. other thing is no one else was like super keen on paying Verizon more money for things that work with the 5G network when there was always Zoom and people would just send you a Zoom invite. But you do remember that in the early days of Zoom, there was Zoom bombing. Remember, mm-hmm. a lot of schools were gotten mm-hmm. horrified. We just, we literally just had that at a city council meeting like a week ago. And I was like, guys, do you not know how to lock down <laughs> your Zoom meetings? Oh. Uh, and, then there, and then there was the sec- a number of security, not incidents, but like, for instance, Zoom was saying, oh, we're in an encrypted when they weren't. And so there was a black mark on them. They went out and they hired people like Alex Stamos. Yes. And and, uh, and they bought uh, a big uh, crypto uh, group and, uh, you know, the best crypto scientists Keybase. out there. Keybase. Yeah. And they said, you know, make it secure. And I think they've actually, they did a remark. That's almost a business school study of how to turn around what could have been a bad thing. Make a mistake. They learn from it and try yeah. to improve is what it um, sounds like. Are we going to talk about their latest mistake later on in the show? In what the is their AI latest? Let's talk zooms. about it now. Oh, the yeah, new Zoom's terms of up. service. Yeah. Yes, people are upset about this. So the Zoom is saying, and I'm not sure it's as bad as it sounds. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what. Yeah, the, the there, way it's there's worded. some bad messaging here. But what basically yeah. Zoom said that we can use some of your data for training AI and communication. Someone read that and inferred that that meant we can use anything that you say on a Zoom conference call to train our AI. That doesn't seem to be true, but it's not like Zoom's doing a great job articulating this so far. This is one of those things where um, if we didn't have Twitter, we, we wouldn't have any of these outrages, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. If so Zoom, we wouldn't have any somebody of these tweeted, and I saw it on Mastodon too, somebody tweeted, Zoom's terms of services now require you to allow AI to train on all, capital A-L-L, of your data, audio, facial recognition, private conversations, unconditionally and irrevocably, with no opt-out. Don't try to negotiate with our new overlords, read one widely shared tweet this week, according to the AP. It's since been deleted, and the company has said, no, <laughs> no, that's not true. So what has the company said? The company says it, it will, you. It, yes, 
Here's their uh, blog post from Samita Hashim. How Zoom's terms of service practices apply to AI features. Fortunately, Zoom had a crisis response team still in place (laughs) from earlier in the pandemic. Uh, They basically said, no, no, you have to give permission. For AI, we do not use audio, video, or chat content for training our models without customer consent. Mm. Now, I hope that that's a big box. So, again, this sounds like the whole Adobe thing. It's very similar. This is You get this uh, moral panic, if I mm-hmm. might steal a phrase. Over hey, terms hey, of hey, service. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that happens all... I have that trademarked. I got a bad feeling about that. Got it clear now, baby. <laughs> Where's the TM? I didn't see a TM. Did you see a TM? I didn't see a TM. Uh, I'm suing you. I'm suing you, Leo Laporte. <laughs> No, but this happens all the time. Uh, I get, it's happened again and again where people read these boilerplate legal things. And sure, it does say we can use everything you give us forever in any form, uh, no charge. But read the second sentence, people. But that's boilerplate. And it's often because in order to do what they do, they need to say, assert that. I, a lot of, well, almost so always it's not do- true, right? You do have to go and opt out of providing some of your data to Zoom for model training. And you can go change this. So let's they see. Say let's that. Go into the- they explicitly say that, though. Well, they say you have to opt out. And we opt all out. know how great pe- people are at opting out. They just I'm not just reading. Go into they my read Zoom. the first sentence, not reading the second sentence, because that's why they don't opt out. They didn't read the second sentence, basically. They say, we will not use customer content, including education records or protected health information, to train our artificial intelligence models without your consent. We routinely enter into student data protection agreements with our education customers and our legally required business associate agreements with our healthcare customers. Uh, we recently introduced two powerful generative AI features, Zoom IQ Meeting Summary and Zoom IQ Team Chat Compose. These features require you... <laughs> You know, we have to look at the data to do these things. Zoom account, and this is in bold, Zoom account owners and administrators control whether to enable these AI features for their accounts. Now, if you enable them, of course, in order to have a meeting summary, <laughs> it has to ingest yeah. your meeting. So I think that that's why it says this in the terms of service. But that's if you turn on that feature. Here's what Zoom says it looks like. And this is my key. My thing is, you can say it requires consent, but if that consent's buried in fine print at the end of a user license agreement that nobody reads, <clears throat> that's not consent. But it looks like they're they're pretty they're pretty good here. About <laughs> looks just like the Creative Cloud window. Yeah, After, just okay. Like that. Me, web setting will be default off. If admin enables a toggle, they'll see a pop up that talks about data sharing. You have to press accept. After accepting, admins can still disable data sharing at any time by turning this off, meeting summary with Zoom IQ. It makes sense. I mean, you and I know that if, if mm-hmm. it's doing a meeting summary, well, it, it must have the data. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe somebody might be surprised uh, through that. People here's, are often surprised by things like that. And here's I mean, what, think about the drama. Oh, go on. Here's what the, uh, member, the m- people who are in your meeting will see. Meeting summary has been enabled. So an AI generated content, maybe fine print, fine print. It's not that fine, and it's covering the oh. whole thing. And you got to say got it or leave the meeting. 
So, I mean, how how big do you want it to be, Jeff? That seems well, like... Well, plus what a lot of people... No, I'm great. Plus a lot of people are using these other services where it comes in as another guest to the Zoom. Right, and not telling anybody. Right. Yeah. Not telling you anything. To reiterate, Zoom writes, we do not use audio, video, or chat content for training our models without customer consent. And as far as I'm concerned, if this is the what the customer consent looks like, it seems like that's looks sufficient. fine to me. Yeah. But we see this all the time with terms of service. People read it and they go, oh, they freak out. It's happened again and again. So I don't think that's I don't think it's wrong, though, to no, like, I'm, those I'm with change no. to yes. look at them. I'm, I'm completely like, with you. Hey. Yes. Uh, online. This is from the AP again. Online privacy experts say this policy is now accurately reflected in the document. However, the terms do still allow Zoom to train AI and other data such as how customers behave. And they question how much choice some meeting participants will have to opt out if, say, their boss decides, no, we're going to have the meeting IQ and it's on. Okay, yeah, you're working for a boss who doesn't care about your privacy, I guess. Well, look at, think about a city council meeting. If my city council meeting is recorded and they're doing right. an AI summary as a citizen and I want to go on, I have to commit to that. And that that is a question that is worth talking about and answering. Or as a reporter, getting at like the FCC in the White House hold meetings over Zoom. Hmm. I have to agree to whatever terms they set in order to get in the building, as it were. Hmm. I mean, honestly, this is just the beginning. Because everything we do, including our podcast, at some point, I suspect, will be churned through an AI for things like show notes and summaries and yep. action items. And, well, um, and beyond that, too, with, with the tool like Network ML and stuff, you have more ability to get to the data. I was at the AEJMC uh, <laughs> Communication and Journalism Academics Conference the last couple of days. Dan Frumkin, who's a very good press critic, was there saying to people, reporters should be taking their entire uh, interviews and not just taking the one quote out and put the notebook in the drawer. They should be putting it all up um, into a database hmm. so that it becomes usable, right? Hmm. And I think that's true. There's a lot of things that were ambient that, that, that died. But now that we can have other ways to get to it, I think it's going to be a lot more collection than we had only a few years ago. Well, that's an interesting point because, like, I know that Ohm started his blog. And I often thought of blogging when I started at an earlier publication I was at. As the blog was the repository for things in your notes that didn't make it into the story. Right. So like, oh, this is interesting. Right. I'll just write a little thing. Um, and so it was searchable. It was accessible. And then Cory Doctorow talks about this a lot. I know that I do this is you take all of those little things over time and they become part of a bigger story. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of the inverse of what traditional journalism might have been. And you're doing it kind of in front of everyone. It's yeah. OK, though, so, right? That's a good idea, isn't it? Yes and no. So, like, if I look at my notes, like, I have little codes that I'm, when I'm typing up my notes, I'm like, oh, this is off the record. So I pull that out. Mm -hmm. I could never just throw my notes into an AI, right. to make sure, right. you know, without. Right. It, and some of it's like, I mean, I type little notes to myself within my notes. This is BS. Check this fact. You know, yeah, you wouldn't again, want to publish that's not that. something. <laughs> yeah. I guess. The other thing I'd be concerned about is that the raw notes published without context might be misrepresenting the actual facts of the matter or no. And 
Yeah. And my notes are in shorthand. And like if I have notes from like, let's say I have notes from an interview with Donald Trump and then I go talk to a Trump rival. If I just publish my notes from Donald Trump and then next week is my interview with the rival, you're getting an incredibly biased view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if, all right, mm-hmm. let me give it to you this way. Instead of your reporter notes, what if when you rec- let you do an interview, you record it and it's transcribed. What if as in that blog post, not as part of the story, but you said at the end of the story for the full transcription of the interview, click here. I think that'd be, that'd be helpful. People can no, see the context. Because they're trying to manipulate you. I mean, part of my value uh, as a reporter I see. is that I am, I recognize, right. I have the knowledge to say, right. this is not how that works. So I'll just say bat poop crazy things and I'll know it'll be in the transcript. Oh. Yeah. Well, the reporter won't put that's, it in. That's how people use social media literally today. That's how we're right. fighting this disinformation. It's unmediated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've just, you've taken my whole job away. Now I'm just a person people talk to, Jeff. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, so the primary form of the article is your analysis interpretation your selective quotations which is your attempt to tell the story accurately but i don't think the having the i think having the primary materials even if you put a disclaimer at the front of it that says look you know if you really want to know what's going on read the article but just in case you want to actually hear what this person said here's the full unedited transcript but understand that he might be you know manipulating you yeah there's there's a couple of value i think stacy's absolutely right about the danger but there's also a couple of value one is you can see the reporter plucked out a quote and you can see the larger context number one number two the reporter was after one thing in the story and there could be five other stories in that interview five mm-hmm. other things of interest mm-hmm. that didn't work in the reporter's story but then someone else oh she talked to the ceo of hubbahumma.com well i want to i want to read that for a, a dozen different reasons Circling that, is, back, that is true. Circling back to the Zoom story, uh, I know, San, you're talking in the Discord and a number of people are saying, Jason Howell, our oh, producer, yeah. that, Discord, that Zoom changed the terms after the brouhaha. Allegedly. That the with your consent part was added subsequently. Uh-oh. But That's Zoom true. has That's done bold. that before. I mean, this is, this is a pattern with Zoom. And I don't know if it's sloppiness. What was your phrase, Stacey? My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's sloppiness or if it's trying to put one over on people and then getting caught. Yeah. Um, I think you could interpret it both ways. Zoom has definitely done that before. I mean, this is not the first time. Well, they could have decided, oh, the world is not ready for this. We pushed too hard. Let's walk it back. And then let's wait a little bit and then walk it forward again. I mean, you see companies do that all the time. Look at location sharing. Right. Still not cool. I can't, you know, I just don't know. I don't think we know what the intent was. It could very well be just, oh, whoops, our bad. We didn't mean it that way. Or we're doing this. We better put out some new. I think, yeah, I think lawyers were like, "Uh, guys. You've been doing that? I've been reading some weird stuff. Are we doing any of this? And they're like, uh, um, we're looking at it. Maybe. Maybe. uh, I'm not going to. I would jump on the on the thought that that maybe they were trying to mislead people. That's certainly possible. Well, I won't compare this to Adobe then, because I know for a fact when Adobe's update announcement came to me, it was right there, plain black and white. And then a month or so later, all of the 
brouhaha showed up on YouTube. Oh, Adobe's going to share my stuff with its AI. Right. And I'm, and I'm like, none of y'all read the stuff because it yeah. was right there in black and white. I don't think this is as clear cut as that. No, it's not. Yeah. It sounds like Zoom maybe changed their tune when they got caught. Yikes. Okay. Do you want to do an AI segment? This seems like this would lean naturally Ooh, into the AI, AI you saying? Segment. Sure. Wish we, I just wish we had a theme song. I know. For it. <laughs> I oh, did bring I, that up to someone, by the way. A musician? People, people, the theme song. AI. Have them sing the theme your, song. To your wife, I hope. <laughs> it's time for the AI segment. Actually, it will be uh, in just a moment, but I have to take a deep breath. All right, now it's time for our AI segment. Google says, oh, this is interesting. This is really interesting. This is from The Guardian. Google says AI systems should be able to mine publishers' works unless they opt out. In other words, it's on mm-hmm. the publisher and the writer. It's robots.txt. It's, to it's opt Google's out. present systems mine publishers' content unless they opt out with robots.txt. Exactly this is this is a response to people like Sarah Silverman who are suing artists like Thomas Kincaid who are upset that you know or Re- Greg Wachowski. Thomas Kincaid upset. isn't alive, is he? No, he's not upset. He's dead. His estate. Yeah, his estate. Actually, it's is Greg Wachowski, the uh, the the fine artist Greg Wachowski. I mean, who, who would want to steal Thomas Kincaid's stuff? Jeez. <laughs> and AI. Come are you on, kidding? AI. Jeff, love we it. know there are a lot of people AI who love that stuff. Come on, everybody's not as bougie as you, Mr. Jarvis. <laughs> no, I think the painter of light is bougie. Actually, Jeff is uh, elitist. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As as bougie approved, he Thomas Kincaid is not Stacy bougie approved. I'm just oh, oh, I know no, this. No, no, I know no, this. No, no, I can't. I can't imagine that hanging over the couch. No, Stacy. Yeah. It hangs over my parents' couch. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, the bougie doesn't fall far from the tree. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, the, my equivalent, Stacey, is my father-in-law used to actually go to the starving artist art sales. Oh, well, they were starving. Yeah. He just wanted to help. Okay, but wait. So going back to Google for a second, because <laughs> Google can't say yeah. I mean, the issue here is Google's like, uh, yeah, you got to opt out. But we like literally just invented this. So we've got to give people the notice that they can opt out. Like, yeah. I don't think this illegitimizes that is not a word, those lawsuits. I think we can say, hey, okay, how are we going to handle this? And then, so Google's kind of victim blaming here, I feel. So in a well, submission to the Austrian Australian governments, there's a big difference between Austria and Australia, just an L. I thought so. Uh, between the Australian government's review of the regulatory framework around AI, Google said in this submission, copyright law should be altered to allow for generative AI systems to scrape the internet. The comp- this is from The Guardian. The company has called for Australian policymakers to promote, quote, copyright systems that enable appropriate and fair use, appropriate and fair use of copyrighted content to enable the training of AI models in Australia on a broad and diverse range of data while supporting workable opt-outs for entities that prefer their data not to be trained using AI systems. And this is... Uh, both uh, OpenAI and Google have proposed the use of 
robots.txt. That's a text like file things, yes. like, yeah. That's a text file right now that sits in the root directory of every website that says whether Google or other search engines can scan your do material. It's voluntary. It's like a do not track. It's voluntary on Google's part, but they honor it. Mm -hmm. So I have a website. I have a robots.txt. If you're worried about the bandwidth, you know, for instance, that somebody is, is, is scraping up. Uh, you can put them in there and block them or allow them only parts of the site and so forth. They're proposing something like that for AI. I think that's exactly right. There is I, a I think benefit. There's, 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 all right, you go first, Stacey, then I'll do my yes, but. Okay, I was just going to say, I don't know that opt-out is the right tool to use in this case. I certainly don't. I mean, if that is going to be the way we do it, then we have to standardize it and put it into every browser and everywhere that something might be published because things get cut and paste from the web all the time. So my stuff, if I've opted out on my site could get, I mean, my stuff gets stolen all the time and is then somewhere else and I can't control that. So I feel like you should really, the best and most responsible way to do this is to do data repositories, incentivize people to stick their stuff in for training. That is the most ethical way to do it google's mm. saying opt out because that benefits mm. them and that makes sense but we don't have to build an entire society just to benefit google and the big tech guys all right now can i do my yes but yes no but so uh one i think that in the long run and this is a guess the courts will decide that this is fair use and transformative use that I can read a book and be inspired by it. If I make a, a movie about Tetris and I steal whole pieces, no. But if I say, oh, I'm going to write a book about technology and you know, I got inspired by game people because I read a bunch of books about gamers, that's my perfect right to do. That's how the arts work, right? Uh, and I think the machine should have the same right. Second issue that I have is, and, and there is an obvious question there, did you buy the book? How did you get? How did you get to the book? How did you read the book? Right, that's an issue. But I can go to a library and I can read the book for free, and I can be inspired by that. Second point is, if we shut down everything, um, then the only thing that's going to be available to scrape are the worst of society. Mm. And so there's a larger question about these things are going to be out there. They're going to be used. They're going to be. Um, uh, even when they're used responsibly on other other corpi of data, then uh, that society would be does corpora, what corpora. That's corpora, corpora. Mr. Jones. Just remember. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I woke you up. <laughs> uh, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> no, uh, it, well, in fact, that's exactly what the Guardian article says. Copyright experts say that's a flipping the copyright law on its head. That you have permission until somebody says no. I don't. Th I think that's. I think that's wrong. That's what a lot of people said in mind that that they're not flipping copyright on their head. That's the only thing. I don't think it does that at all. Um, well, here's here's my question though. Isn't there a society? So copyright is all about protecting society's interest. It's pr protecting the actually. Uh, no, no. Where no. did you get that from? Well. Okay. It creates. A I got that. Creates a marketplace. I got that from the founders. That that's the original premise of no statute ban. Gutenberg parenthesis book. I have a mm. chapter about mm. that oh, right really? here. <laughs> um, the when the statute of Anne was passed, it was at the assistance of the booksellers, the stationers, and the publishers who wanted a tradable um, market a, a marketplace for tradable assets. Uh, so the, yes, the author 
started with the asset, but the point was the author could sell the assets so that then there became a marketplace so that publishers could trade them, sell them, control them, buy shares in them. It was all about that marketplace of the of the farther down the chain. Just just for the record. Well but go ahead. Here's what I would say. It was there are two parties, right? There is the person who created the content, whether it's a patent or a copyright or a trademark. There's a person who created it and currently owns it. And then there's the interest, the greater interest of society. If all you were doing was protecting the owner's rights, you'd just be in perpetuity. No, they created it. They invented it. They own it forever. But the copyright and patent systems both have expiration dates. And the purpose of that is to make sure that after the original creator is able to recoup his expenses and make a reasonable profit on that, that uh -huh. then society benefits from that invention or that work and can use it then subsequently without license fee or charge. Years later, right? Well, and you know the original <laughs> patent was only was shorter, and the original copyright was a lot shorter. And over time, I think the pendulum has swung in the favor of cop way too strongly in favor of copyright holders to be. You well, know, the copyright holder is not the creator anymore. The copyright holder is yeah. Disney. Well, there's the a variety of yeah. There's a variety of other things that happen in the, in the medium, but but really, it swung it swung the wrong way, and it was life plus a thousand or whatever. I mean, it, they're pushing it as yeah. long as they can. In effect, society does have somewhat of an interest in patents yeah. expiring and copyrights expiring. Yes, That's how yes. you could create Disney's movies because they had access to Grimm's fairy tales without license. Mm -hmm. It was it was Disney who then said, "But now <laughs> I own Cinderella." So, yeah. so I think in that light, there is a societal interest in letting AI use stuff. Because it makes AIs better. We wouldn't have AI yes. if you couldn't scrape this stuff. So I the think other you think could, but based on the amount of money. So AI is something that you could eventually make money off of. You build these tools, you build these algorithms, and then you can sell that to people, right? So why not create an incentive instructor to, sorry, an incentive structure to get people to donate their data? Or to so pay me for access to my site. Say, I'll tell Stacey, you why. You are such a okay because you can't afford the whole. Such whole a small fraction of the total would be available. It'd be yeah. like saying it would to you terribly. It would be like saying to book authors, "Hey, anybody want a permanent copyright? Me? Uh, anybody want to allow stuff to go into the public domain after ten years after you die? No. Mm. Maybe a few people. Whatever. Some See, people put up all its crap." For that purpose, but I would put you know. up all my crap because I've already figured out it, it, this also means we change the way we monetize content. And well, Jeff, you're a big fan of this. So yes. think about what kind of infrastructure and value you might have for a true expert to create content and donate it to a site to become part of their AI. And maybe it's after five years. Maybe it's after one year. I don't know. But, this, but, but let's, let's, let's look, though, Stacey, at what the, the, the model training is just learning the structure of how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't actually, if they do it right, that doesn't really use the content so there's, much as this. Yeah, there's tons bit. of public works that are already available that could teach you how to speak. But uh, there's, they find you're going to go back to the, to the stuff that when, when, um, uh, Jim Crow law, uh, laws were still around. The books written then use words we don't use today, and and you know I, I think that there's there's a, a, an issue there for society as a whole. There's another interest in society, as Leo says, um, uh, and the model training is not reuse itself. It doesn't remember it; it just maps it. 
You can train is models, it? though, with less data. I mean, like, yes, so if we're talking true. about training yeah. a model, oh, sorry, Andy, go ahead. That's the, you're hitting on what I was thinking about with the Sarah Silverman discussion, because I'm pretty sure that the AI grabbed it from some pirated website, more than likely, right? So is uh, it or possible? Or it could have, you know what? Or, or somebody pointed like this out. Good morning, America. Somebody pointed Ritter this out book. on Sunday that it could just be a summary of all the other right. reviews and the summaries. people that legitimately yes. read. Maybe, maybe it didn't read her book, but it's just summarizing everybody yeah. else's summary. Yeah. Which, by the way, is an example of what it does. Right. I, I can read the book and I can write a review. I'm perfectly within my rights yep. to absorb her book and write that. So why shouldn't this AI have the same right? And by the way, the irony here is that so far the courts have given the products of AI no protection. That is true. There's an interesting angle here. And if you want to keep going on that angle, think about what Amazon was just doing with uh, the Jane, what's her name? Jane Friedman. Uh, I was getting to that. I've got her article. Okay, because this is... You've gone down the rundown there, Stacey. Yeah. Well, no, this is exactly it, though. Uh, Jane Friedman, who is a novelist. I've never read her novels, but... uh, Well, Jane Friedman is also... Uh, former editor of HarperCollins, extreme expert on the publishing industry. She has a newsletter I, resp- I, I, I subscribe to called Hot Sheet. Okay. So Jane is followed by everybody in publishing. She's so when she it. complained, everybody noticed. Yeah. So she's a, she's a perfect person to step up and say something. She says in her blog post dated August 8th, I would rather see my books get pirated than this, or why Goodreads and Amazon are becoming dumpster fires. Her complaint is that people used her good name to generate AI books that she did not write over her name. So it wasn't an issue of copyright at all. I got in this, this argument on LinkedIn. It was an issue of the use of her reputation likeness name. She says, garbage books oh, getting boy. uploaded to Amazon where my name is credited as the author, such as a step-by-step guide to crafting compelling ebooks, building a thriving author platform, and maximizing profitability. Or promote to prosper strategies to skyrocket your ebook sales on Amazon. Or... And this one has a pig on the front. How to write and publish an ebook quickly and make money. <laughs> so does this not fall well, on like Amazon so, wait, so, to filter but out? But here's the issue. Yeah, the issue is that Amazon, she told Amazon that this was happening. And Amazon, like, yeah, sorry. At first didn't. At uh, first. They have yes. now removed them, as has Goodreads, which is an Amazon so company, I should say. Then we get to this idea of, okay, so we have crappy models or people abusing a good model to make crappy products. Then the model is blameless if we take that worldview. Then we have to rely on companies to police it. Mm -hmm. And we're Mm -hmm. so far, companies are doing a crap job at policing it. And we don't have the legal tools necessarily to force them. I wonder, wonder, Stacey, I think that, um, you know, if if I took your, if if I took the, I don't have it right here. No, I don't have it. Damn it. Oh, yes, I do. If I took your bougie sticker. (laughs) Yes. I don't have it. Why don't I? sticker because okay. i was there because i i made the effort oh. of going on my pilgrimage can we send, so we'll see you. Can we send okay. ms higginbotham her <laughs> no, no, stickers no, 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 no. she'll be she'll have to be here I'm next gonna, week just like mr jarvis oh yeah you just have to come get him come <laughs> on and get him i'm gonna make this picture and i'm gonna make bougie beer stacy's bougie beer yeah. and i'm gonna put this is a good idea by the way and i'm gonna put this on the label of my beer now, you can then sue me because I have used your likeness. likeness. This goes back to one of the very first privacy issues when a woman's likeness was put on f- sacks of flour without her consent. 
Aunt Jemima. Uh, I also I said Stacy, so I'm using your your name, your good reputation for the bougie beer. That what? was syrup. <laughs> oh gosh, wrong product, sir. <laughs> yeah, you can't get Uncle Ben's rice. You can't get nope. Aunt Jemima's syrup. Nope. You can't for get good Aunt Jemima pancake mix. Nope. And God bless for it. Good reason. For I good reason. Know. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is this is about like this. Although and, and, and it wasn't until like that. 2021 that the company just took a took while. It down. I know. Yeah, <laughs> just took a while. Just took a while. <laughs> took a little. Hey, Henrietta Lacks got her day in court and justice. Yay, hey, la. Hey, hey, la. Hey, la. Hey, la. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about Henrietta Lacks and the immortal gene she was in the 50s, a black woman who was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Physicians removed some cells from her cervix. They had an interesting property. They yeah. reproduced again and again without ever dying. Yeah. Uh, the physician noticed this, started to sell the cell line. It was used to develop by Jonas Salk to develop the polio vaccine, used to develop the COVID vaccine. It's been used in labs everywhere all over the world. The estate of Henrietta, La Henrietta Lacks was never informed of this. There's a wonderful book about it called The Immortal Cell of Henrietta Lacks. Uh, Lack, Immortal Life. Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Uh, she was never informed, but her estate learned of it. They sued and they just settled. And yep. I, I, they don't say how much, but I, I imagine they got quite a bit of money from the medical company that was selling her immortal genes mm -hmm. with no fee or license so, to her. back to Stacy's point. By you the way, right, though, that the does apply... That does yes, apply. I was about to, to say, whole, that also applies. Yeah, this so whole open going. source. It's uh, actually relevant. Surprising. It's, yeah. It's not surprising when I bring stuff up. It's relevant, <laughs> y'all. Anyway, um, Jane Freeman writes. Stacey, that Amazon should be held to the, to the yes. fire because they were, they become a, 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 an accomplice to the crime of stealing her image or likeness or reputation. She right. writes, so there we desperately need guide rails on this landslide of misattribution and misinformation. Amazon and Goodreads, I beg you to create a way to verify authorship or for authors to easily block fraudulent books credited to them. Yes. Do it now. Do it yes. quickly. That's, that's an issue. easy fix. And you Amazon think can Amazon do it. Had, right. They have the resources well, for that. I suspect I've got are. an author page. I'm verified by my publisher. It wouldn't be hard at all to say to my publishers to say, yeah, that's him. Right. And, and I have that right. It, apparently, if you need to have your Goodreads, you'd think if your Goodreads page, it, you know, it's your page, you'd be able to put what books are there there. And No. If you need to have your Goodreads profile corrected as far as the books credited to you, you have to reach out to volunteer librarians. She puts them in scare quotes on Goodreads, which requires joining a group, then posting a comment thread that you want illegitimate books removed from your profile. When I complained about this on X, an author responded she had to report 29 illegitimate books in just... Last week alone, 29. And this is the problem is it's trivially easy to create these books. Wow. Amazon absolutely needs to set up a system. I suspect they will, but... Uh, There's some complications. There, there is another Jeff Jarvis who's a jazz musician. Right. You've got to disambiguate people. Yeah. You've got to verify them. There's some expense, but they should do it because... They, it's heaven yeah, forfend a billion-dollar company right. deal with the problems like... Yeah. I'm sorry. They're all about scale. I get it. But at some point in time, you have to say, oh, this is where we need to spend money because not only is it ethically the right thing to do, it's also going to eventually hurt our business. I mean, Amazon yes. is dealing with counterfeits left and right, and it's a problem for them. And they're making a little bit of money. They just did their quarterly results. They made some billions and billions and billions of dollars. A what last, another segue. Oh, amazing. Last quarter. Master. And interestingly, <laughs> CEO Andy Jassen, uh, Jesse on their Thursday earnings call said... Every single Amazon team is working on 
generative AI. Not on blocking fake books, apparently, but on <laughs> generative uh, AI. Uh, he says they range from things that help us be more cost effective and streamlined in how we run operations and various businesses to the absolute heart of every customer experience in which we offer. It's true in our stores business. It's true in our AWS business. It's true in our advertising business. It's true in all our devices. You could just imagine what we're working on. And you're going to have to because I'm not going to tell you. Hmm. Um, so, you know, he's saying AI is important, even though Amazon, unlike uh, OpenAI or Microsoft or even Google, doesn't offer a, you know, I don't think, do they? You never know with Amazon. They might and just forgot to tell everybody uh, a, a chat bot or anything that uses AI. I don't think there's any consumer-facing AI from Amazon. Uh Maybe an LLM for Amazon's Echo? It could be something just more for their operations. Who knows? Yeah, well, Jassy said in the uh, last quarter that they are working on a, an LLM for Echo. Job listings. Well, they should. I mean, they should because Echo's everyone is. stupid. Uh, job <laughs> listings from earlier. No, actually, it's not. I play Jeopardy every night with my Echo, and it stumps me every time. It's very smart. Job listings from earlier this year indicated Amazon was hiring to improve Amazon search with an, quote, interactive conversational experience. Problem was, you don't really want an, uh, an AI because they're pretty chatty. You know, it's bad enough when the Echo says, oh, and by the way, did you know there's four other ways to do the same thing you just did? I don't want to hear that. No. no. So we had um, the founder of Josh AI, which is a... Is his name Josh? Uh, natural language. Josh AI? No, his name is Alex. So the company's name is Josh.ai. And what it is, is it's, it's like a, calling your AI Bob. It's a private. Microsoft already did that. NLP. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so it's a private uh, voice company. Um, and they actually added Josh GPT. So they've created their own generative Aww. AI. And wow. what they, when he was on the show, he talked about how he both messages people who are using it so they understand the limitations of the generative AI and then also when to use just normal NLP and when to use generative AI. And it's been a real learning curve for them because, yeah, you're right. Some people are like, don't give me a lot. Just turn on my freaking lights. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the, the distinction they're, they're learning to make is just figuring out when you use one or the other. And storytelling Apparently, a lot of people want to talk about recipes, um, <laughs> travel plans. There are a lot of like prompts that they're like, oh, this is clearly a generative AI kind of thing. So we're going to see these built in. We're not necessarily it's not like Amazon's Madam A is going to get a new name. It's just that we're going to see better use, better answers to things. And we'll be able to ask all sorts of questions and get good answers. And some will be easy. Go ahead. Yes, John. Oh, no. I was like, somebody's. <laughs> the commercial. Do it. No. But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids have bought me a busted machine again. Odessa. Odessa. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. Yeah, great Saturday Night Live. Amazon Echo. One of the best. Oh, uh, don't. Uh, oh, oh, we oh, supposed to oh. cut back to our cameras. Um, waffles. We were I a saw some busy. waffles. Oh, oh. oh, just to make Stacy jealous. We got Stacey. waffles in our jealous. snack cabinet now. 
These are the worst oh. waffles I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who makes those waffles? <laughs> well, not makes, those don't made look like my several months ago. <laughs> It'll do. It'll they do. look right. They warm They're it not up. exactly crispy. Mm, just get a little, have one of those hotel waffle machines. <laughs> I didn't no. touch it. I just You're uh, fine. I mimed, I'll eat it. Okay. I mimed it. I mimed eating it. <laughs> All right, let's take a little. Oh, we're no, we're not. I'm sorry. I was going to take a break, but we have a couple more AI. We have more AI. AI stories. AI red teams, says the Washington Post, are attempting to break <laughs> AI and make it go rogue. You know, Black Hat and uh, DEFCON are coming up in Las Vegas, and there's going to be, yeah, they're going. It's going on right now. In fact, we're going to talk about oh, it okay. uh, on uh, Sunday with people who are there right now. Uh, oh, cool. There is a big public red teaming event for AI going on right now. It's DEFCON's AI Village, the Generative Red Team Challenge, has drawn backing from the White House. As part of its push to promote responsible innovation in AI, they uh, you're getting top hackers, according to the Washington Post, top hackers, the best, the, the best, best people the best. from all over the world. <laughs> They're going to come together to rack up points by inducing AI models to all air the age of 18 in various ways. <laughs> Hi, I'm Timmy. I'm one of the best hackers <laughs> with categories of challenges that include political misinformation, defamatory claims and algorithmic discrimination. Or systemic bias. Uh, Google, OpenAI, Anthropic, stability have all volunteered chatbots and image generators to be put to the test. They want to know, you know, how you can uh, jailbreak their AIs. Um, they gave as an example, there was an event at Howard University uh, last month, a preview of this larger event. Uh one AI chatbot exposed someone's private medical information. Another coughed up instructions for how to rob a bank. One speculated that a job candidate named Juan would have weaker interpersonal skills than one named Ben. <laughs> and one concocted an elaborate recounting of the night in July 2016 when Justin Bieber killed Selena Gomez. You see, these things should have been set out only as fiction machines. The mistake, the machines don't know what the machine's designed to do. The fact that they are presented as something that's going to present any fact is where the mistake I is. And people agree. are going to use it to it's do that. It's a human stuff. error, not a machine error. It's a human yeah. error. Yes. We are the ones. And even when it does reveal something, it reveals our biases. It's all filled with our stuff. Yeah, but if you're going to, I mean, the point of these things isn't to like show that machines are stupid or bad or whatever. The point is to say, hey, if you're going to rely on these, which people ultimately which they will. shouldn't. They shouldn't, but they will. I mean, come on. Yeah. We know this. We look I come at all back the to the case of the schmuck issues. lawyer. Right? I know. Every I know. I know. Was I him. Know. He wasn't the machine. Swartz. I get it. But people are going to use it. So we need to have an understanding of how people will do this. And that that is just responsible. I mean, it's kind of like saying if you're going to build a car, you got to test drive it. Mm -hmm. But you can't I mean, possibly stop it from doing everything imaginable that someone is going to try to make to it stop do. That security is never going to it's it's never a final stop. No. But you have to constantly push the boundaries to understand where your weaknesses but, are. Stacy, if, if I if I said I want to write write me a story about someone named Leo Laporte as a bank robber, uh how do you 
and and and, and which Leo's done right, even on the show. Um, how do you anticipate <laughs> no, that? Let's be clear: no, you I've never robbed a bank, <laughs> <laughs> nor have you done it on the show. On the show or off the show, I have never. Well, robbed that's the bank. one type of that's See, one type of prompt you. engineering, and we know it because people have done that. Well, but, but you but, have but, to be. What if Leo is a bank robber? How do we expect that? There's no way for the machine to know the difference. And for us to think that we can build a guardrail around that is impossible, an impossibility, a logical impossibility, I would argue. For us, though, to not recognize where the machine makes common mistakes is like building something on the edge of the cliff without realizing there's a cliff there. The mistake was me telling it. it to write a story about Leo Laporte, the, the, the bank robber. It's not a mistake. I did what I told it to do. And it did yeah, it. But- we have we can't trust that you're always going to be an ethical actor. So we well, have then, to. Then you so, don't. Then don't build this technology at all. A. Okay. Or so B, don't build the don't house make it on part the edge of, Bing, of the cliff. Don't make it part of Bing and act like it's going to return any facts. Uh, there was a mm. big story. I think it was mm. Washington Post uh, about the, you know the AI lied about me. I can make it lie about anybody on Earth. Um, there's no way, there's no logical way to build that guardrail. Now, this is this goes back in a way to Leo's point about whether this is, whether chat GPT, whether LLMs are this life-changing thing. I don't, I don't think they are, but I think other elements of machine learning are. And so I think we've gone off the off the road here. So in a way, we're agreeing, Stacey. I think that the only solution here is to tell people, don't use that crap. And don't, don't rely on anything so, that, that you used it for. Okay, well, why we even develop people, it? Well, yeah, that's we a question. Can, <laughs> yeah. We have to, you can't, we can't throw this out into the world without mm. having people test it and right. see where it goes wrong. Right. How do you test the Leo as a bank robber scenario? You show I'm a, people a reporter. that you can get Leo it actually to lie. robbed a bank. I'm going to write a story saying Leo robbed the bank. I guess I don't understand. Stop saying I'm robbing banks. I don't. (laughs) I don't understand the point you're trying to make. We have to know how to make it. We have to know how to make it. I haven't had to rob a bank since Club Twit started two years ago. I just want to be very clear. I've given all that up. Thank you for ending Leo's career of crime. Club members. It's another benefit you have. You go to sleep at night knowing you made Leo a better I thought I was going to be spending the rest of my life in Alcatraz. <laughs> Google's. Uh, I get anyway, where, where Stacy's coming from, yes, though, because I, I, I think about the 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 incident with the police the other week, where uh, uh, it it worked. It actually stopped that car that was carrying oh, yeah. traffic and drugs or what yeah. have you. But it was. But, but they they were at the same pictures time, of everybody. Yeah. You know what's to stop it from saying, "Hey." Um, your Aunt Pruitt, we thought you was old doctor, even though you're right. both black, both of you drive a BMW. Well, somebody pointed out, I don't know if this is true, but I think it's true. Every single instance of mistaken identity arrests, uh, thanks to folks. facial uh, recognition, were people of color. Mm-hmm. Every single, no yeah. white person's ever been arrested mm-hmm. for, for mistaken identity. Just people of color uh, due, to, due to face recognition, mm-hmm. due to AI. If that's true, I, I don't know how. It, but I, don't I don't know how that stuff that can be fixed. Yeah. I just know it definitely needs to be addressed. I think you could. Well, this Stacey has talked about this. I think you could say to police departments, you may not use it for that. Well, or it has to be vetted Chicago. this way and that way. Yeah. You could use it for missing persons. But at the same time, it, it worked in that like, scenario last week or two weeks ago. It worked. They got those drugs yeah, off the street. Well, <laughs> something can work, 
I mean, the question we have to make as a society is if something works 80% of the time, is it worth it yeah, to right. have one out of every five person be wrongfully arrested? That's right. why we have the, that okay right. for- That's why we have the Fifth Amendment or Fourth Amendment, because one the founders realized that, yeah, you could have perfect law enforcement if you were willing to invade everybody's privacy, right. but we do right. have a right against unlawful search and seizure. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's it, that means law enforcement's not going to be 100% perfect, but that's the price you pay for some freedom. That's the same reason we have the jury system assuming you're innocent until proven guilty. Yes, some guilty people will get away with it, but far better that one guilty person or 10 get away with it than one innocent person is convicted. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that, that's that's our jurisprudence. That's the way that this country's been formulated, and I think that's the right way to be. Now, let me but, let me solve this issue between you and and Jeff here. You never will. I think no, no. I, think, <laughs> I I I've come to this. In fact, we had this conversation a little bit on Windows Weekly. Uh, Richard Campbell calls it the hype cycle. You know what the hype cycle uh, uh, yeah, is, yeah. right? Uh, and and you see it all the time in all kinds of things especially in silicon valley always where, where uh, here's the here's a uh, simplified is this the Gartner hype cycle yeah well yep. yes it is so <laughs> there's a technology trigger and then there's the peak of inflated ins- expectations we mm-hmm. are we are right That's there we baby are. yeah heading down to the trough of disillusionment Leading to the slope of enlightenment and the plateau of productivity. And I think that's exactly where we are in AI. Somebody should have copyrighted the copywritten this, by the way. Well, we're going to give Copyrighted? Gartner credit because I think that yes, that's Gart- that was pretty. Didn't Gartner copyright it? They should, they, should get, they should get money every time you mention it. See, that's the. Model. It's developed, anyway. used, and branded by the American Research Advisory and Information Technology firm Gartner. So thank you, Gartner Group, trademark Gartner. Uh, but the point is well taken. It's a good, it's actually a good metaphor and it's well taken because that's where we are in AI, where we are kind of putting on AI all of these capabilities we know it can't do. But at some point we're going to figure out what AI can be reasonably safely used for and what things it shouldn't be used for. And I think Stacy's right. The only way we find that out is by trying it. And I think Jeff's right that you cannot overstate the the you know you you can overstate the value of AI that it's not for everything but and we all agree that for instance the the notebook LM that you were talking about at Google uh, which takes existing content and synopsizes it that's a perfect right. use that's and 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 training that model so it can do that is a value that is not generative and does not violate copyright but uses the knowledge in in different ways. Yeah. So I think you're both right. I mean, we need to we need to understand the limits of AI. And the one way we do that is by red teaming. Uh, but there is going to be value to it. And I think it's, it's reasonable to avoid Stacy's skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, this is a new badge we are adding to the collection of menagerie. Stacy Higginbotham is skeptical of your waffles. <laughs> I'm skeptical of those. What are they? Well, I've already gone through half of they're one. They're pretty tasty. And I'm fine with them. <laughs> Aunt is like, I'll eat them both. That's I'm fine. fine with them. It's more like a ho-ho than a waffle. Either that or I'm carb to please. Okay, that right does now. not look. A ho-ho is a chocolate cake filled with cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Where, where are you from, dude? You ignorant <laughs> slut, <I'm> like, Leo. <laughs> How could you not know that? It's nothing like a <laughs> Exactly. I was like, where is your Nothing. little Debbie knowledge? Come on, man. <laughs> like, uh, or any uh, snack cake I've ever met before. <laughs> Let's take a deep breath, and we'll come back with the Google change log in just a moment. 
nothing like a ho ho, you ignorant <laughs> what? Sorry. I was like, no, that's Keep up the good work. No, I love it. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. Time for the Google change log. Well, I'll let him say it. The Google change log. <laughs> Chrome uh, is... And I, you know, I don't know if this is something to celebrate or something that could make you go, uh-oh. Oh, switching to weekly security patch updates. Uh, I guess they had to. Oh, every So you're getting a new Chrome roughly every month. Um, now you're going to get new Chromes. Actually, it was every six weeks. Then it was four weeks. Mm-hmm. Now it's every one week. Um, I guess you have to. I'm not a developer, but does that mean that the users are beta testing this in the public, essentially. If no, I think Google's pretty good. I think these are security patches. I think Google's okay. pretty. But but what what it really tells you is there are lots of zero days. Yeah. Uh, and and a browser is the very place that would happen because that's the interface between your secure, safe enclave oh, and entry. the outside dangerous, dangerous outside world. It's the point of entry. Mm-hmm. And uh, because browsers are designed to render a huge variety of content coming in from this dangerous place, anytime you have a, a you know, a, Steve Gibson talks about this, a content interpreter, things like your text message app or a browser, mm-hmm. there's always a risk because in effect that is a program that's running on data and there's always a risk that the data could be malformed and cause a hack. So I think it's appropriate. Uh, but it just tells you how dangerous it is out there that Google feels this is necessary. Uh, we talked a few, I think it was almost a year ago, about Google's plans to delete inactive accounts. That's been a year? Wow. They are wow, going ahead with it. Uh, accounts won't be deleted until December 1st, but you will start getting warnings. Good they will sell, send multiple warning notifications. But wait a minute. <laughs> to me, You mean to the Gmail account I stopped using five years ago? They're going to send me a notification? Thank you. Uh, they will send it to backup emails if you provided point. one. You will have an eight-month window. Did we window. do the changelog theme? Yeah. Yes, we did. Where were you? Wake up. Sure. Were you eating waffles? Were you grabbing a ho-ho? Have a ho-ho. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I realized they, someone just posted in the Discord or... The ho-hos? I was thinking of ding-dongs, y'all. Yeah, I know you were. Oh, so you're the one. Yeah, it's your so, fault. Thank you, ding-dong, Stacy. Thank you, Coco. Our local <laughs> bakery, the best bakery, one of the best bakeries in the world, as uh, Martha Stewart's favorite bakery. It's it's in many lists as the best bakery in America. Della Fattoria here makes a giant ho-ho. It's this big. Mm. <laughs> you can get it and wow. slice it. And and ho-hos for miles. Mm. It's really good. I think it's just a, it's a frosted Swiss roll is what it it's is, really right? It's exactly what it is, yeah. And that's why they okay. can, you know, they just roll up the dough. Uh, we made uh, uh, my 20-year-old, Michael, uh, for some reason came home and said, I want to make an ube cake. And it's it's a What's ho-ho. That? It's a purple ho-ho. <laughs> it's made with ube fruit. Yeah, it's a purple ho-ho. Uh, and it was uh, interesting. Uh, to say the least. <laughs> no, you're a purple Ringing ho-ho. endorsement. Uh, <laughs> where was I? Oh, uh, this this new policy Change was luck. announced back in May. I don't think it was May of this year. I feel like it was even before then. Anyway, um, saying it's intended to prevent 
security risks because older accounts are more likely to be insecure, rely on recycled passwords, uh-huh. not use two-factor, uh, so they're more vulnerable to phishing and hacking and spam. The first accounts to be cut are those that were created then never revisited. I bet you Gmail has a million of those. A ton of right? those. Everybody wanting to do burner accounts. That's right. And spam, all of that. Uh, so that makes sense. Um, the Remember, the brouhaha was over accounts with YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. People losing their YouTube channels. And they channel. want that back. Yeah. there are. That's an exception. Accounts with YouTube channels. Remaining balances on a gift card. Keep a balance on your gift card. Oh, Ooh. that's a way to do it. Those that have been used to purchase a digital item like a book or a movie, you've got the rights to that book or that movie. Or those that have published apps that are active on a platform like the Google Play Store will not be deleted. Okay. I didn't remember any of that part. Oh, you know what? This came out, this was in 2020, Google said users would have their content wiped from services they stopped using. Uh, that was when oh, everybody... Oh, the YouTube stuff was more recent. Everybody was, well, I don't know. It seems, I don't know. I've lost... What do you have to do to prove to Google you're alive? Uh, to save your account, all you need to do is log in, sign into your Google account or any Google service once every two years, and then do something. Read an email or watch a video or perform a search. But if you're logged in and you do something, they go, oh, he's not dead. We thought he was dead. He looked <laughs> dead. Uh, maybe he was just eating too many ho-hos. Uh, Google Messages, this is a big deal. Now encrypts RCS end-to-end by default. Group chats as well. So that's a very big deal. Google's been pushing hard to get Apple to adopt RCS. Bye-bye Google Messages in the UK soon. What? Because when the UK does its online safety bill... (laughs) That'll violate the... Encryption is borked. Yeah. Yeah. It's so stupid. I suspect that's why Google's making that announcement. Um... They had first promised last year that the upgrade was on the way. The company first started rolling out end-to-end encryption for one-to-one messages in late 2020. Now it's for all messages, including group chats. So that's very good news. (coughs) I don't think it'll convince Apple to adopt it, but anyway, if you're using Google Messages. You know, know, so I just, you saw, I just saw I set up a new Samsung phone, and I can never tell. There's, There's a Samsung Messages app on here. And there's a Google Messages app on here. But I can never tell which is which. They're both called Messages. Right. Messages and Messages. One. Huh. F- <laughs> one it's alphabetical has- order. <laughs> 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 one, one has a, a green icon. And so if I, so, uh, you know, what I want to do is set up in my default apps, I want to choose which Messages app I use for my SMS. Do I use Messages or Messages? <laughs> I think we should do a a, a, a Marshall McLuhan wants to be messages, wants to be massages. Oh, massages. Yes. So is like charades the, and charades. Is, so maybe somebody yes. in the chat room could tell me, is the one with the white icon with a blue thought that's bubble cool. or a blue well, icon or is with that, a, Is that Facebook? One looks like Facebook. Well, that's, no, 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 no. I don't the, have the Facebook The top on one here. is Google. That's the top Google. one is, Google. is the Google messages. You know that for a fact. Scooter yeah, I got it. Scooter it. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be my default. I Scooter want to knows I'm not going to use Samsung's. That would be silly. I'm going to use uh, Google's. Oh, so there you go. Oh, look. My Samsung order just arrived. Oh, wait a minute. See, and I just pop it right in my pocket. Look at that. You don't even know I have a phone. No, I, I predict old. later tonight he's going to say, where's my phone? I can't remember where my phone is. <laughs> That's how I know you're old. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Gmail for Android and iOS is adding a translate feature. That's good, right? Yeah. 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 Love that. So uh, you, you'll get a, if you get an email uh, in a language you don't understand, you can translate it. Or more importantly, maybe you're writing to somebody in a language you don't speak, uh, you can translate it. That always makes me so nervous. But yeah, you <laughs> never like, know what it really says, do you? Okay, Google, please do this correctly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even okay. though it was only launched a month and a half ago, and of course I bought it at full cost, four ninety nine, Google has now discounted its Pixel tablet. Shocking! <laughs> oh, uh, shocking! It's only sixty dollars off for four thirty nine for the hundred twenty eight gig model. How do you like it? Um, do you use it? You know, no. I'm just. I should have. I should never have bought it. Can I have an "I told you so" sticker? I mean, yeah. my goodness, mm. you were right, Mister Joe Esposito. You on it? Uh, um, Stacy told me I should, I should be waggling my I finger mean, well, and it's not, so. frankly it's just as you said it's not That's as good oh, we need, a, we need a, a waggle sticker please waggle. please folks waggle sticker no you can't smile no you gotta do it without smiling Stacy you've heard of bobble heads this is Stacy's bobble finger why don't they make bobble fingers with her, with her lake, lip, lip risk yeah, yeah. weak wrist. wrist what was it weak wrist yeah floppy wrist floppy wrist <laughs> Floppy, floppy, that's right. Floppy finger. In any event... <sighs> in any event, um, the problem is with it, just as you said, Stacy. Uh, you know, so I have the Nest Hub Max, which is this, looks exactly the same. It's not detachable. It's not a tablet. And it works. And I can talk to it and it does everything. Every once in a while, the Google tablet will say, well, that's fine, but you've got to enter your password before I'll do anything. Because it's a tablet. Because oh, it's a tablet. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Not mm. useful. That's interesting. Not helpful, Google. Okay, well, that's my Google change log. But guess what? It's now time for Scooter X's Google change log. <laughs> That'll take about two years. There's a lot in here, Scooter. Yes, well, you th- you make fun of me. Scooter X does it just for the change log. Uh, California regulators will decide the future of Waymo in San Francisco and Cruise, too. That's the GM self-driving vehicle. CPUC will, de- will debate tomorrow to determine whether Cruise and Waymo will be allowed to operate... How, in, how visible the are state. they when you go down there? Everywhere. They're everywhere. And they're slowly expanding the range of where they go. And they seem to work all right. They don't get in many accidents. The worst they do is they hold up traffic or they congregate or, you know. But people don't. Or people find people ways to. cones pull. on their noses. You know, it's funny because uh, Alex Kantrowitz, who does a big tech, a big technology a blog and a podcast, was just on, I think, CNBC saying, it's only a matter of time and not very long at all before self-driving vehicles are everywhere. And I think this may not be the case. Whoops. No. no well, I also put up, of course, this is also Elon's really, really bad execution of it. Uh, Wall Street Journal did a whole thing on the video of of how just how dangerous Elon's are. You want to regulate technology? People regulate Elon self-driving. Well, that's up to NHTSA. That's the National Highway, National Highway Transportation yeah. and Safety Administration, which makes those rules. And they really do need to be a little bit yeah. tougher, I think, on self-driving vehicles. So Cruise and Waymo offer limited commercial service in San Francisco if, according to TechCrunch, the CPUC votes tomorrow to grant final permits. The two companies will be able to charge for rides, expand hourly operations, expand the service area, and add an un- and this is bad, an unlimited number of robo-taxis to their fleets. 
They're already everywhere in San Francisco. A no vote would delay, if not completely derail, Cruz and Waymo's plan to launch commercial operations in California. Uh, they are, of course, in other places. Phoenix, chiefly the big one. And uh, Arizona seems to have been very uh, positive and favorable towards self-driving uh, cabs. Um, that will be interesting. We'll watch that with interest. That's tomorrow. What else in the scooter exchange? Holy cow. <laughs> you make fun of me. Jim, <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I did that one. Google Calendar rolls out material. You widget redesign. No, we, we, we don't know. We never care about material. No, no. no don't, don't do material. YouTube will stop showing videos things. on the homepage no. if your watch history is off. Actually, I didn't put this in the changelog. Uh, it's a big story, I think. Uh, if you turn watch history off and go to your YouTube homepage, you're just going to get like a blank. A blank page, just the search bar up top, the navigation menu on the side. Be careful what you wish for. It's what this you will be for. mobile and web. No recommendations. Starting today, Google writes, this is on the YouTube support page. If you have YouTube watch history off and have no significant prior watch history, features that require watch history to provide video recommendations will be disabled. Like your YouTube home feed. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, go Oh, Joe. my gosh. What I'm disappointed, Joe. We don't have Possibly. a uh, Stacy Waggle. Oh, that's good. That's you good. Look very worried. Good yeah. one, Joe. See, we're talking our stickers. Oh, I want, I want. Club, Club Twit stickers. Yes, very nice. Joe Esposito does those, right? Joe Esposito. Does yes, that's oh, Joe says you'll get the Waggy. He's working on the Waggy post. What's video posts? Okay, yeah. Joe. Oh, Joe, you're you so have to make an much animated, animated, animated yeah, gif. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, if you want to play with, oh this, no, no, you know what I want? That Chinese doll. Where it goes back and forth. Oh, like the I want lucky that to be cat. Stacy Wag. Yeah, it the doesn't cat. go that way. It goes cat. this way. Yeah, yeah. It throws. Stacy like goes throwing this poop way. At you. Stacy goes this way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I told you. I told you. I told Best you. Best Buy will you. soon offer Google Pixel repairs in select stores. <laughs> Actually, this is what this is. Scooter X's <laughs> badge. Google wants i here more. Have some more. Google wants iPhone switchers to know it's all good on Android. We did, we showed that yesterday on uh, on MacBreak Weekly. There's an ad now. Google's doing it's okay. It's mm. okay. You could shift from iPhone. You're going to be happy. Google's working with Mongolia to provide Chromebooks. <laughs> All students. Where are you Where finding those stuff, man? <laughs> now, he, now he's trying too hard. <laughs> All right. And that's the Google change law. Wow. And annex. End scene. Wow, dude. <sighs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Is there, uh, have we done? Oh, I, I feel like there, there might Did be. Oh, we work. How about this? WeWork well, we says work. there is substantial doubt we'll stay in business. Oh, really? Yeah. This is not surprising. <laughs> I'm going to run out and buy substantial some doubt about five years ago, too. But yeah. Barely qualifies yeah. as news. You know, if you can make your grift work for just a few years and then the venture capitalists can get their, you know, they'll give you more money. I mean, Adam Newman now has money for Billions. his new apartment dude, venture. Yeah, Billions. He's done so yeah, well. So Watch that WeWork uh, TV show. It's really good with Jared Leto as Adam Newman and uh, um, his wife is played by Anne Hathaway. She's really good in it. Which, I, which, I decided uh, not uh, to watch it because it's just frustrating. Network. Uh, Apple? Is it Apple? or? Uh, I, I thought it was HBO. I read the book. It was, I thought it was Max. Oh, yeah, the book's really good, too. Yeah. It's amazing. 
it's uh i mean i don't think is it still this way do you think stacy is there yes yes it has been this way since i started covering technology yeah 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 uh let's see well here's a question for you here's a question for you because we talked about once in a while about about a different scale for the future of the internet mastodon smaller and all that do vc I'll, i'll put it stupidly do vcs necessarily screw up an idea and a company here's the deal and i have believed this since the very beginning of like coming to work in a media that was vc funded vc funding makes sense for certain businesses mm-hmm. the problem is so much money went into well the bigger problem is people wanted massive vc returns so they invested you know in lps that could then invest in vc so there was a ton of money that went into this because they got returns for investing in businesses that legitimately scaled like if you come up with a cool chip design and you replicate it across a billion chips and you can sell those it makes a lot of sense and that's capital intensive up front yes yes what happened is we decided that every business can scale and it makes sense even if it's unpro and they took the idea that you can be unprofitable at the beginning and get to scale and then become profitable but that doesn't actually work for every business but then what happened when they realized that they were like well we'll just take it public or we'll sell it to our friends in private equity for a massive amount of money and so the problem is you still saw awesome returns even if a business wasn't actually financially sustainable for the long term, right? And so, mm-hmm. and once you start making mm-hmm. those outsized returns, people give you more money. And then mm-hmm. now we've got this huge money cycle that is not funding businesses that can actually perform at scale and make money. Look at Uber. Uber is still losing money. No, mm-hmm. they made money last quarter. Nope, nope. <laughs> last quarter. You missed that story last quarter. Million no, they dollars. finally made money. I'm made so sorry. And yeah. Stephen it's all Levy, okay now, Stacey. Stephen Levy, we talked about this last week. Stephen Levy is, inter- is interviewing uh, Dara Kosrochoshoher. And I can well, say it for me, will you? Jeff, you know how to say it. I can. Kosrochoshoher. I've got to look at it. Kosrochoshoher. Something like that. And I think, I think Dara. I'll just call him Dara, the CEO. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, we got another we got another sticker just this just in. It's like the election election night. We've got uh, we've got breaking news from West Virginia. The Scooter X change lock. Oh, Scooter is not going to be oh, happy about that. Oh no, there's a guy dumpster diving for stories. At least it's not on fire. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Uber uh, Uber CEO Dara was being interviewed by Stephen Levy, and Levy mentioned that in order to get here from Brooklyn, he had to take a like a two mile Uber ride and cost him fifty two bucks. Right, it's crazy. And Dara <laughs> was so shocked, his normal composure went away, and he said, "Oh my God, that's awful." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the secret to why yeah. Uber, apparently Uber's gotten much more expensive than Lyft. Yep, it is, uh, and, so and that has been a new. That is that has been something that VCs do. They they basically come in and lost lead it. on a yeah, product, yeah. and then they now jack up turn prices. It around. Yeah. yeah, it's part of Corey's NSification cycle. Yeah, you know. in certification. Did you know oh, you could still get a red envelope with a DVD in it from Netflix? No, you don't. Really? No, yeah, you could, but not much longer. They're finally winding down their DVD business after twenty five years. You know how we get these stories about how a library. Wait a minute, this is from April. I'm sorry. Later. How did this get into my box? <laughs> how does it get in there? I didn't put it in there. Uh, well, 
it's getting closer. The deadline is September 29th, the oh, last boy. rent envelope. We're going to see stories years. in 50 years where somebody finds an envelope of uh, <clears throat> Weekend of Bernie's, and <laughs> after 50 years, <laughs> they send it in to an address at Netflix. It's funny. <laughs> you, do, you do see stories every once in a while. This 200-year-old library book is now being returned for a $15 million fine. That kind of thing. <laughs> you do see that, I have to say. Yeah. Has anybody had a Mr. Beast Burger? Negative. Mr. Beast no. is, of course, the number one guy on YouTube. And that picture says, I don't want to try it. Oh, I got a worse Easy. one. So, oh, really? So this is uh, from Kotaku. <coughs> I accidentally ordered burgers from a YouTuber. He didn't know who Mr. Beast was. He just said it sounded good. <laughs> yeah. But Mr. Beast had contracted with a company that specialized in pop-up restaurants. They would go to Buca di Beppo and uh, Brio Italian Grill. Good on him. <laughs> Good say, on him. Make a Mr. Beast burger. Here's the recipe. Stick a Mr. Beast feast on the on the sticker on the bag. You see, it's just a regular brown paper bag with a yeah. sticker on it. And deliver it, and you're going to get more business, and Mr. Beast is going to make lots and lots Good on him. Hey. of money. The problem. Well, and well, <laughs> well. I'm not saying I'm buying it, but here's a here's quality control. Mike Fahey, who also writes for yes. Kotaku, says I also accidentally ordered a burger from a YouTuber. And oh wait till you. This is the this is what it looks like in the on the web. The Mr. Beast burger is supposed that's, to be a smash burger mm-hmm. with crispy edges and all this stuff. <laughs> this, wait till you see what he got. This is what he got. <laughs> Uh, the caption on this what the watery uh, hell is this anyway in any event mr beast shut the whole thing down because the quality no was QC. very out well, of control and they're suing each other now he in turn is being sued mr beast now so. faces a 100 million dollar lawsuit from the company virtual dining concepts that he contracted to do this, $100 million, he probably could pay it. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. Yeah, it's in his couch cushion. He's suing them because he wants to get out of the deal. <laughs> They're suing because he said, because they say, Mr. Beast is a social media celebrity who believes his fame means he can break contracts and say anything. Uh, and that's just typical kind well, of suing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's though, uh, there have been many, many negative reviews Mr. Beast started the whole problem at uh, the beginning of this month, August 1st, suing VDC, saying they didn't care about quality, wanted to get out of the deal. VDC and that's said, fair on this part. So, so again, good on him. It was yeah. good on him for the idea and good on him for saying, you know what, hey, this got my name on I don't on. know good on right. him for the idea. That's really just saying, yeah. I don't give a we damn actually, what these no, things are. Several, <laughs> several <laughs> shows ago, like dinner in the middle of the pandemic when he did this, we were like, "That's we actually did a story on this because this is the only oh, way yeah. I know about this happening. Because we were like, that's pretty creative. And it is to say, hey, and I think initially people were excited about the burgers and they were good. Oh, yeah. The dude the knows story. he's a brand. Hell, sorry, heck. People go nuts for In-N-Out burgers over here. Why yeah. not? The story we did was of how Mr. Beast caused chaos at a New Jersey mall by uh, offering uh, the uh, uh, opening a, a Mr. Beast official burger. Look at all these people yeah. in the mall all going he, to the store, to, you know, because he's got a restaurant now. All the he opening sees of his, is more Mr. revenue for Mr. Beast LLC right yeah. here. That's all Lemmings to the French fryer, man. Jeez. <laughs> 
I claim I am a broke college student and I he, want a free Beast Burger. <clears throat> he is a businessman. He knows how to, uh, pl- <laughs> you know what his real skill is? He knows how to work the YouTube algorithm. Mm-hmm. And he says it freely. He, sa- he tells people how to do it. He yeah. says, when I was in high school, I got together with my buddies and we really broke it down, trying to figure out what the algorithm was and how to beat it. And yeah. he did. He figured it out. Good on him. Curiosity Rover has found, quote, striking evidence of habitable seasons on Mars. You know, they always said Mars had canals, right? Oh, they did? Yeah, but it did, but that was just, you know, because we Good. Can, Elon can move there now. Yeah. <laughs> but they're actually, you see this pattern of kind of hexagonal uh, pattern? Looks that like, actually... Looks like eczema. It looks like eczema or mudflats. You ever see mudflats? <laughs> Listen. Mars needs a little lotion. Yes. Uh, scientists have concluded the patterns are cracks formed by regular episodes of, get this, flooding and drying, hmm. a natural phenomenon known to be extremely conducive to life here on Earth. I wonder if Mr. Powell will talk about this on his show. I Friday, bet you. This week in I space. I bet you. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I, you know, I should have made this my pick of the week, but if you're, are you a fan of The Expanse? I know you are, John, right? The, uh, there's, are you, there's a website called Prop Store Auction where the props from TV shows get auctioned off. This is The Expanse online auction. It started yesterday. (gasps) The jumpsuits. Yes. Here's Julie Mao's Scopuli coveralls with plasma torch and accessories. This too could be yours for just three hundred dollars. Actually, the current bid's only two seventy-five. Nineteen days left in the bidding, though. I might it might go up. Uh, James Holden's bloody Baratnas gas coveralls and Eros Station police armor and helmet. Wouldn't you love that? Huh? 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 Okay. <clears throat> You'd have to have like a. I don't love it that much. Well, I'll just be real. Okay. How about Amos Burton's badge and accessories? I actually kind of like this one, and it's not too expensive. It's just a few hundred bucks. His uh, his uh, coffee cup, <laughs> his badge, P and K Canterbury Executive Officer, and his ID cards. How about that, James Holden's ID cards, Nate and I cards, ID cards. Sure. How about that? This is probably the same, very same cup that he scraped uh, the match residue into to make his coffee taste better. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, buyer's remorse is waiting on the other end of that. <laughs> what do I do with this now? Um, you bought that, honey? For $700? All I see is passionate cosplay, folks, all over this. And, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, also, probably could have been a pick of the week. Google has announced something called Project IDX. It's a development uh, environment on the web only and it's cross-platform. It'll allow you to run emulators for both uh, iOS and Android. IDX.dev, I immediately asked for uh, an invite but I have not received one yet. But uh, interesting revelation, I didn't know this, but uh, Paul Therott did a little digging and this online only develop in the cloud, cross-platform uses Microsoft's VS Code Whoops. as its back end. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, you can run uh, VS Code or its uh, open source version, Code OSS, 
uh, on, as a server and then log in from your browser anywhere and do pretty much the same thing. I guess this uses uh, Google's AI that's its version of GitHub Copilot called Kodi that will help you write the code as well. Is it common for people to use cloud-based development environments? Uh, you know, yes and no. You have some local performance. No, even because the compiler is running in the cloud. It's probably okay, especially for the kinds of apps you'd write with this, which are web-based. Okay. But uh, it's particularly of value if you're doing collaborative coding. Okay. So right. I'm writing it and you're writing it, and we're not in the same room, right. you know, uh, or we're doing pair programming or you're doing reviews. And then there are people who move around a lot or hybrid work people mm -hmm. and stuff. It's better than you know having it all on this laptop. You have it in the cloud and you can access it on right. any laptop. So there's a use case for it, sure. Uh, you and I, if we were going to write code, we'd probably just do it on our local machines. Mm -hmm. Be like editing photos, I guess, in the cloud. Be kind of similar to that. Do you ever do that? No, I'm a, I'm a solo guy. Yeah. I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> no. The five billion, <laughs> the five billion dollar. None of us like people. That's why we're <laughs> podcasts. I think podcasts. Jeff so. likes people. Yeah. Do you like? I no, actually, no. People. They don't like me either. No. <laughs> so it's Mutual. basically a bunch of troubled loners uh, doing. Yeah, doing that's exactly show. what it oh, is. Oh, I'm not troubled. I, I am a loner, though. <laughs> Untroubled. Yeah. You dare I say I am. that I'm troubled. Untroubled I'm loners. But I, I am a loner. <laughs> totally happy. Uh, you've heard the name Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers before. She's hearing yet another case against Google. This is the incognito mode in That's Google. back. A uh, $5 billion lawsuit. Uh, Google asked for summary judgment saying, Your Honor, just throw this out. Of course, the whole issue was you go into incognito mode and you're still being tracked by Google. It's just your spouse can't see what you're doing. And they had big text that said that and so forth. However, uh, Judge Rogers said, No, no. There were statements in the Chrome privacy notice, the privacy policy, the incognito splash screen, and the search and browse privately help page about how incognito mode, quote, limits the information stored or how people can control the information they share, writing, quote, taken as a whole, a triable issue exists as to whether these writings created an enforceable promise that Google would not collect users' data while they browse privately. Privately. So, privacy <laughs> So the lawsuit was filed uh, in 2020, seeking $5 billion in damages, and it is now going to go ahead. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Forgot about that. Yeah, me too. A couple of passings we should note in passing. The uh, woman who really created Consumer Reports, led them for decades, Rhoda Karpatkin, has passed at the age of 93. She was the executive director of Consumers Union changed the name to Consumer Reports, published the magazine, expanded its readership and its influence in Washington. Uh, a very important consumer advocate um, for many years. Personal hero. Was on the board for many years. You know, my first non-journalist, so I had to take a PR job in college because <gasps> my journalism professor was like, Stacey, you really should know how the other side is. So I like was like, oh, this feels awful. So I worked for the Texas Office of Consumers Union for a semester. Oh. And I remember being oh. shocked that press release quotes were manufactured by interns like myself. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it was fun advocating for health insurance for children and 
giving eyeglasses or eye ophthalmologists, making sure people could take their eyeglass prescription on the go because neither of those things were yeah. possible in Texas before that time. Consumers so. Union did a lot of good. Under her leadership, subscriptions to the magazine more than doubled to 4.3 million. In 2000, they created what was then the largest pay website, 350,000 subscribers. I was and am one of them. She also raised $40 million to build Consumer Union's headquarters in Yonkers and an automobile testing track. Uh, so she will be missed. R.I.P. Uh, Rhoda, I said Rhonda, Rhoda Karpatkin. And also, uh, geeks will know the name Bram Moulinar. He's the author of Vim, created Vim. Vim, it was a takeoff on VI, which was an early uh, text editor widely used. Vim was much improved and widely used everywhere. It became, for instance, the default text editor uh, on, uh, I think it was Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Yeah. Uh, and many other Linux distros. Um, he was a young man passed at the age of 62. Hmm. Um he had been, according to his family, suffering from a serious medical condition that progressed quickly over the last few weeks. So the father of Vim, uh, who was much beloved in the open source community, Bram Molinar, dead at 62. All right. <clears throat> I think this would be a good time for us to change gears and get our picks of the week in here. And then you know what comes after picks of the week? Waffle waffles. time, baby. Waffles. But before Look we do... more enthusiastic. Give me a waffle. Give me a waffle. I'll You're not getting this back. I'll show you enthusiasm. You already gave it to me. It's mine now, Oh, dude. all right. I lost my waffle. <laughs> you know, if I only had people donating seven bucks a month to me on a regular basis, I probably could afford my own yeah, waffles. Yeah, you could get your own yeah. waffle. Dude. Actually, I want to be very clear. Waffles. No, not one penny of the money that you give as a subscriber to Club Trade goes into my pocket. And you know how you know that? I haven't been paid for three months. But, <laughs> so there. But it does go into the pockets of you and you and you and you, and it keeps mm -hmm. the lights on and it keeps the cameras whirring and it lets us develop new programming. Yeah, if you buddy. like what we do here at Twit, it makes a big difference. And we give you benefits, I think, that well justify $7 a month. First of all, you'll not see any more ads ever. All of our shows ad-free and tracker-free because you're giving us 7 bucks a month that we don't need to monetize you. You also get shows that we don't put out anywhere else. The club finances shows like Hands on Macintosh with Micah Sargent, Hands on Windows with Paul Thorat, Jonathan Bennett's Untitled Linux show, The Giz Fizz with Dick T. Bartolo. We just brought back Scott Wilkinson's Home Theater Geeks. Thanks to club members. Thank you, club members. This Week in Space, Rod Pyle's show started in the club mm -hmm. and launched in if you will, into the public. And that's our goal is to, is to use it to generate new shows. We also have bits and pieces from uh, shows that aren't parts of regular podcasts. For instance, the unboxing and setup of the new Galaxy uh, Z Flip 5. That's a club member. Done right before exclusive. the show. Yes. Yep. Right here. Or the times I <clears throat> decided to take a look at Joe Esposito's terrible photos and a photo critique. <laughs> photo critiques? <laughs> you, you and I are going to do a photo walk end of the month. I'm looking forward to that. That's correct. Stacy's mm -hmm. book club's coming up end of the month. Lots of good stuff we Woo! do in the club. It's a great place. <laughs> we also have access to the Discord, which is a wonderful hang for everybody who's a member of the club. Funny thing, people who support Twit are nice people, and it's great to hang out with them. Who would have thunk? <laughs> so if you're not a member, please, twit.tv slash club twit. 
We would love to have you. Seven bucks a month, $84 a year. There are family memberships. There are corporate memberships. And we appreciate each and every one of our great Club Twit members. Thank you. Now time for our picks of the week. Stacy Higginbotham, give us a pick of the week. She's past- okay. She's pasting it in, even as we I speak. am. I have one this week. <laughs> um, so I was... I, I've been talking a lot on the show about smart home energy management. And as part of that, I was like, oh, what can I tell people about how to set up your own house? So I wrote a little how-to about your first steps. But as part of that, I tried smart things energy. This isn't going to work for everybody. So I'm just telling you that right now. But smart things has an energy management program. And if you're already a smart things user. <laughs> it's not working for me. <laughs> I can, I have a blank website right now. Let me refresh okay, this here. Well, that's. That's weird. It goes right. Wait a minute. Let me do it again. It goes right off the page. It starts and then it goes zoop. Anyway, this is from Samsung, right? This is from Samsung. This is from Samsung. So it's smart things. And and what this is, if you have smart things and you install the energy, the smart things energy app, what it will do is it will look at devices that are supported and show you how much energy they're using. And this is just a way to start like monitoring this. So if you already have it in your smart things system, it'll automatically start pulling this in. You can also tie it back to some demand response programs, but not too many just yet they're adding more and if you have some samsung's appliances you can actually use this to turn on like greater energy savings mode in your washer and dryer for example oh i do i have samsung Uh, washer and dryer i do yeah so this is free it's it's a fun Mm -hmm. little tool i think what's going to happen is you know i i really believe because we've got this trilemma of energy issues coming towards us, which is we're electrifying everything, but we're seeing more instability in the grid as we move to renewables. And then we're also seeing issues with power outages because of climate change and and issues there. What's happening is we're trying to piecemeal together a grid that is both smarter, a little bit more resilient with backup energy power in the home, and maybe in more electric consumption in the home from electrification of appliances. So all that happening means we're going to have to make the whole system smarter. And you're seeing like this week, GM just said, hey, if you buy our big old trucks, you can power your house using these batteries in our trucks, which is pretty cool, right? Um, And you're going to need software to manage that. And this is one of the early kind of versions of software to help manage that. This seems like a very good idea. I get the, I often think that IoT devices are not particularly energy um, you know, hoarding, are they? I mean, I, I you think these little devices probably, you know, they don't use a lot of energy. <clears throat> no, no, most of the, like, they don't use a lot of energy. The benefit of the IoT there is the smarts and the communication factor. Yeah. So it's, if you have a smart breaker panel, which because of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act and the infrastructure bill, they're actually state utility, state PUCs are ah, you get a building benefit. programs to ah. like incentivize people to buy these kind of smart breaker mm-hmm. plan, smart breaker panels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with something like that, you could say, hey, when my power is out and I only have my GM truck to power my house, only turn on the following circuits. Hmm. Uh, and you're going to need software to manage that because no human being is going to be like, okay, I want to let my, you know, 
I, I don't know what's yeah you don't want to manually do that you want to be like okay let's prioritize my refrigerator and my outlets in the kitchen because I need coffee and to charge my phone when there's a power outage and you'll be able to do that uh, anyway it's funny that you should mention that because that was one of the stories I decided not to include for reasons of time, which is that GM has announced that they are going to make all of its new Ultium EV, Ultium-based EVs, char- power the house. So uh, Ford yeah, does that right now with devices. their Lightning. Yeah, uh, you've got a big battery, and the power goes out in the house. You could just plug in mm-hmm. your car and, sh- and power the house. It's kind of cool. For how long? Well, it depends how big the battery is yeah, and how much power Yeah, not use. forever. No. But, Wasn't I mean, the Lightning doing that most, as well? Mm-hmm. The Lightning also does it. And, like, we use, I mean, we get winter storms that'll knock power out for, like, a day, sometimes even two right. days here on right. the island. Mm. And we keep the Tesla charged in the winter because we can power our phones from it. We can't do anything else, but, you know. Does It, it has a, an AC plug, is that why? It, 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 it has USB. a USB plug. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not like an. Is it an inverter? It's not, not a, an yeah. inverter. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we have Tesla power walls, which are basically yes. re- recycled Tesla batteries packaged up, and uh, and and the reason is we live in a rural area, and there's no. Uh, our pump is electric, so we'd have no water when uh, the power goes out. No showers, no toilets, nothing, uh, and that's pretty important. <laughs> We have so, a gas, yeah, gas we're on a well power. too yeah. in our pump and our um No toilets for you. Yeah. Oh no, you get one flush and you can yeah. always <laughs> dump a bucket. One flush. Yeah, the bucket trick. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the story of this show, isn't it? Um <laughs> <laughs> The bucket trick or the one flush? <laughs> Either one. Oh, <laughs> he's at the yeah. end of his week. Yeah, I am at the end of my week. <laughs> which explains my pick of the week, the sad bastard cookbook. <laughs> I was afraid this was Hank's title. Food? No, no, it wasn't his. I'm getting. I'm practicing for when Hank's cookbook comes out later this year. His is not a sad bastard. This one is free, which is great. You can download it. It's it's oh, just cool. it's just sad because you know uh, if you are a sad son of a gun, uh, food you can make so you don't die is the subtitle. <laughs> and you'll see if you look at it, you may you kind of maybe wish you were dead. Ramen variations, one, two, and three, kind of like pad thai. Literal depression cooking. Pasta in a rice cooker. I mean, this is this is grim, grim, but it's actually really good. And, you know, I think for the hardheads, you know, going out and starting their life, learning, uh, you know, about God-tier ingredients like garlic and mm-hmm. how to take that instant ramen, which every college kid lives on, and make it something... College Hardhead has been impressing me with his cooking skills. Good. Being resourceful. Good. It is available for free for download. Pasta with homemade tomato sauce. Uh, Mm. Yeah. That reminds me of Mr. Victor, our editor, putting daggum ketchup on his burrito. No, no, he didn't. But he got the California burrito with french fries, I hope. I don't know. You don't put ketchup on a a daggum burrito. Come on. Oh, God, no. Who did that? No, no, no. Banish them. (laughs) (laughs) Who did that? Our editor, Mr. Victor. Victor Bognat. Victor. Victor. Now he's going to edit this out because he's ashamed. (laughs) He's not going to want the world to know. He's going to have the power of editing. It's from uh, Trom Books, T-R-A-U-M books.itch.it I.O. The sad. I bet if you if you Googled the sad bastard 
cookbook. <laughs> and you can buy a printed version okay, from mybook.to slash sad bastard. When is Hank's coming out? Uh, they just finished the photo shoot. Um, I think they're doing, uh, you know, the whatever that thing is, that production thing. And I, I would guess it's going to be out in, in before Christmas, right? November. Oh. Yeah. Good for oh, yeah. yeah, if you're going to put out a cookbook, you don't wait until Do you know his publisher? I've, I've asked you, but you didn't know. <clears throat> no, I still don't know. Good on him. Still don't know. Somebody with deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I hope. Uh, Jeff, do you have a number for us? Uh, yeah, let's see here. Which one should I do? I think I'll do this one because I want to hear what our, our, the real man among us, uh, Ant, says about this. What? So, yeah, <laughs> the sports fan, the real sports fan. Oh. Uh, yeah. So ESPN strikes $2 billion sports betting deal with Penn Entertainment. This um, is very frustrating. Problematic, man. That's what I wanted to hear about. Yeah. I mean, ESPN is desperate as a business. Disney is rather desperate with all of its video stuff. Um, sports betting is legal and can be done, but the irony of it is that you want your own fans, your own viewers, to lose their money. Um, Barstool Sports was part of the brand. They gave, literally gave Barstool back to its founder after he made some huge so money. So they paid more than half a billion dollars in 2020 Thank to you, David yes. Portnoy for Barstool Sports. Another one of those... Gosh darn podcast acquisitions it just made me mm-hmm. really jealous. And then to top it all off, they decide, yeah, this didn't work out. Didn't and they're work. giving it back to them for free. Their only condition is free. if you if you sell it, we want 50% of the proceeds. But they can't even be bothered to sell it. Mm-mm. They're just giving it back to them. Go ahead. Do whatever you yeah. want. Unbelievable. But I'm with you. I don't like, uh, you know, I, I think of Pete Rose, who was banned exactly. from the Hall of Fame forever for betting on baseball games. Exactly. One of the great players of all time. And now the NFL. It's quite hypocritical. Yeah. They're yeah. all getting into sports betting. And I don't think it's good for, frankly, America. Uh, I think there are people who have severe gambling problems and making the making uh, it's so easy to the gamble. The number of gambling commercials on, on cable Constant. here is just amazing. MGM. Because he and all that. So yeah. now ESPN. And, I, so, and here's my question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to affect the coverage where they're going to have to do more about covering spreads and stuff? Do they always do that? I don't know. I don't watch ESPN. I don't know if they will do that. My concern is, you know, we've already had conspiracy theories about games being fixed. There have actually been mm-hmm. some uh legit cases of referees jumping in and fixing certain games, uh, such as in the NBA, and the the referee was charged. Um, Now you're throwing gambling in there that's quote-unquote legalized now because ESPN is the mothership of sports. Uh, Could we see more of this fixing out there, all in the name of covering the spread? That's a problem. Hi, this is Benito, and I do watch ESPN for NBA, and they do cover a lot of gambling already on there they already give you odds on games and mm, absolutely and like yeah absolutely but that's is that but you know that's that's mm-hmm. that's moderately recent i mean oh yeah it's, it's brand new since gambling yeah the station that i worked legal. at for years in san francisco kgo was the number one news talk station for two decades uh cumulus its owners turned it into a sports gambling station about six months ago fired everybody wow. and it's all about sports gambling oh, the funny right. thing I remember that. the funny thing is i think they did it because there was an initiative in yeah, california there was a bill here that didn't pass it didn't pass it didn't pass to make sports gambling legal it's mm-hmm. not legal in california right now right 
And uh, I mean, not except at the racetrack and, and some select venues, but you can't do it online. Right. And I think they thought, oh, this is going to be a land grab as soon as that thing passes. And it didn't pass. Yeah. But uh, no, it's gone crazy in America and DraftKings and FanDuel. And, and, and really, the uh, reason when, 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 ESPN bought Barstool is they wanted to take the Barstool audience. It wasn't a betting platform. Right. It was a videos and podcasts, a kind of a younger audience. They wanted to take that audience and turn them into betters. Yeah. And it didn't work. So they said, ah, never mind, do something else. We're going to do something else. I mean, for me, wow. like, this really came to a head when I when teams started moving to Vegas. I was like, okay, this is, this is over. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I bet you five to one that the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> five to one. <laughs> I'll give you five to one. Yeah. Uh, Let's do the over-under. There's on another, by the way, there's another story, and I, we week. won't go into it here, but if you listen to Mac Break Weekly, it's fascinating. About college football, I know oh, you're dude. really into college football. Yeah, that what's hit, what's happening right here in our own backyard with the Pacific Twelve, Pac Twelve conference is pretty sad. It used to be Pac Twelve. It's Pac Four now. Four now, I remember when it was Pac Eight and all of that yeah. and the expansion, and now it's only four teams left. And Jeez. I know this is not a sports show, but it pisses me off that that conference has now put those student athletes in a pretty craptastic position oh. um, and it all started because apple tv was trying to buy the rights which i still think was a dumb idea apple shouldn't have been involved in that that's a premium product well they have major be. league soccer and they've they've got a pretty good deal there and they everybody hope to make a lot of money on the on planet it. watches major league soccer everybody in the u.s don't watch pac-12 football yeah that was the hope was to make them watch it Not gonna <laughs> they were offering the colleges 23 million dollars but it would have gone up had people subscribed, there were additional tiers. Right, and at one point, uh, you know, if it, if three and a half million people subscribed, they would make almost as much money as the Big Ten yeah. teams make or the Southern uh, Southeastern SEC makes. Yeah. and uh, that's big money for for it is for teams like Clemson. I don't, I don't think it would have gotten there, but could have. Yeah. Uh, what happened was uh, the, the college presidents, a number of them, said, "Nah, screw it," and they went. They they left. They, they left the, the Big conference. Ten. And went to the Big Ten. In Big 12. How many, how many is the Big Ten now? I think the Big Ten is now 14 teams or 16. Mm. It's up there now. There's a number. Mm-hmm. I like the Pac-4. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's but Cal, the problem it's Stanford, is, and I don't know who else it is. UCLA? I don't know it's uh, is. Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford only remain in Pac-12 wow. teams. And um, that's right. It hurts the athletes. And, yeah. It, but the money would have not gone to athletes. Let's put well, that, that's point the that thing. out. It, it goes to the colleges. And it doesn't even go to the college's education. No. It, it, it goes, goes to football. football. It's, it's, <laughs> it goes football to the is the driving, driving um, piece in this because of all the revenues it pulls in. But at the same time, that volleyball team or that baseball team at Oregon that ends up having to play Maryland on a Wednesday night for a volleyball game or a baseball game, that's horrible for a student. Yeah. And then expect them to be back at class the next day on Thursday or Friday. That's bull. I'm not a huge college football fan. Uh, I grew up watching college football, but uh, kind of lost interest with the NFL. But this is an amazing story. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes beyond college football. It really talks about how streaming and the media environment has really changed everything. Oh, yeah. The money Apple TV is bringing to the table. And, yeah. uh, and, and really... But streaming is not a good business. Well, so so they say. I mean, so they say. I noticed David Zaslov flew to the Allen and Company confab in a private jet. Is he making enough money? Yeah, well, I guess. 
I don't know. Somebody said uh, Bob Iger's making. Oh yeah, I know who it was. Iger's uh, making a ton of money. $78,000 a day. $78,000 a day. But he says, oh, we can't afford to pay, pay these people. writers. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was it just lost his uh, apartment? Um, I was just. I was oh, just no, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was told it too. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it was. Anyway, it's very sad. Very sad. And the, the point be. Oh, it was um, uh, Kinky Boots. Hmm. Uh, right. What's his name? I can't remember his name now. Um, anyway, he, yeah, it was a very sad story. He, um, you know, he says, for the people who are rich enough, Billy Porter, for the people who are rich enough uh, that they've made it and they don't have to care anymore, that's fine. But most actors, most SAG members oh, yeah. are not in that position. Right. And uh, he says, I'm going to have to sell my house now. Because uh, I don't, I won't. You know, the big movie that I was going to work on this fall is gone. Yeah, and uh, and I'm going, I'm going out of business. In effect, isn't it like eighty something percent are below the poverty line in yeah. SAG? Yeah, it's yeah. You don't do it to become rich. You do it because you love to act. You love the art. You love to entertain. Mm-hmm. A few people get very rich, but most don't. I mean, it's it's like uh, poets. It's Don't make the, money. It's all of the arts. About two it's of the arts. It's all, all yeah. the it's arts. arts. Well said, yeah. Mr. Benito. <clears throat> all the arts. Benito is a filmmaker. He knows. That's why he's here working for a living. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Sorry, Benito. <laughs> Would you no, like whipped cream with you know that waffle? Ben, Benito is, a, is an ar- artist. He's a musician. He's Freaking a filmmaker. He's a yeah, real artist. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we don't reward the arts particularly here. And we love our content. Yeah. But we don't want to pay for it. Uh, I think Stacy has passed out. So let's get Ant's nope. thing and we'll, we'll move <laughs> sorry. on. I um I went to get water during the sports segment. I I'm so sorry. And it was brief. <laughs> and it was brief too. I was quick on that one. Not too. brief enough, apparently. Wow. Uh my my pick here is, you know, Miss Stacy was talking about this awesome smart home stuff and whatnot. And I tell you, you can keep that heart that smart home stuff and um you can spend the you best nine home. best nine dollars you can spend right here on Amazon. Not <laughs> <laughs> a dryer drum that belt thing, replacement. You spend that nine dollars, and that thing will last you a decade. <laughs> I'll tell you that right. Wait a minute, you don't wait now. till it fails. You want to replace you it. You replace it. How often? Well, a decade plus or so. I just and I'm. I'm joking, by the way. I just <laughs> only put four, this in You can here. get four for twenty two ninety nine. replace them all. I only put this in here just because I recently bought one because my dryer <laughs> is probably about 15, 16 years old because I refuse to buy a smart one. And when something breaks, I just fix it. And that was the last thing to break recently. Sorry. Just had to throw it in there. Can you come to my you, place? No, that's, that's, I, a <laughs> that's a humble That's a humble break. He so, knows how so to fix a dryer. Like, yeah, that's pretty okay. good. This is Real like man. when Kevin's uh, HVAC went down, and he was like, let me just look and see what happened. And it was just a bad capacitor. So he was he ordered a capacitor yeah, on it, Amazon and replaced it. Yeah, why not? It. How did he... Wait a minute. They swell. Wait a minute. How did he know it was, how did he swell? Know it was a bad capacitor? Because they swell. Because it was... Yeah, it it was melted it. to the you board. You see it. Yeah, you, you'll see it, and it swells up. And he yeah. was able to just pull when it out some, and put it in a new one? Yeah. yeah. When something breaks. Yeah. I've thought about doing it myself. Leo, you so, slug. Seriously, when something breaks, pull it open and look at it. No. Maybe you can fix it. Yeah. And then no, no, go no, Google no, no, it. Or, 
don't know. In my case, maybe you can break it worse and make it <laughs> yeah, exactly. and make it cost even more to fix. Look, I, we had to buy a washing machine two years ago for the first time in uh, over a but decade. Those are things are ridiculous. See, even you couldn't fix it? Well, because the tr- the motor died. I had already fixed the gears on the transmission, but this time the motor died. And oh, so Jesus. I, Do you change your own oil on your washing machine? If or, I had to, I would. Can you tune the spark plugs? <laughs> if I had to, I would. So we but went out done. and I bought, because you told me to, a piston oh, yeah, for my steel case chair. <laughs> but, and I even asked this several times, isn't it a proprietary part? And everybody said, no, 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 they're all the same on all chairs and up and down. You just replace the piston. Right. It's a proprietary oh, oh. part. <laughs> and yeah, you could put it in, but you can't make the chair go up and down now. You have to have a special... <laughs> Part. I thought Mr. Jammer B fixed case. that for you. He, he fixed, fixed it, it, but it didn't go up and down. If it's the right height, it's I'm going right to take it home. You're good. If it's the right height, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, if it's not. That's for a very short person, that chair where it's <laughs> I love that. Burke will fix it. Burke will fix it. That's the universal answer right there. <laughs> Burke, by the way, who went to school to be an artist. <laughs> that Burke, he is fixing my chair. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Well, thank you all for being here. We appreciate it. We love doing this week in Google, as you can tell. Uh, You'll find Stacey Higginbotham all week long at StaceyOnIoT.com. She and Kevin Kofotofel do an excellent podcast called the uh, Internet of Things Podcast. That's at StaceyOnIoT.com. Subscribe to her newsletter. Check out all the events and buy everything her sponsors recommend. Woohoo! Because it's good stuff. (laughs) I don't know if everyone's in the market for like a low power wide area network or. <laughs> well, they should be. They just should be. I Wag think it's a little niche. I'm always impressed. You 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 do a great job with this site. I have to say, and the and the podcast because I love Kevin too. Uh, thank you, Stacy, for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you to Mr. Jeff Jarvis. You all know him. As I know him as, uh, let's see, uh, he, that he, I know him as the human DDoS uh, trapped in the jungle gym of life. I don't even remember that one. And a certified DDoS, big guy, Ray Kroc, called him a nickel millionaire. But you might know him as the director of the Town Knight Center for Entrepreneurial Journalism at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism Newmark. at the City University of new york thank you for being here. Uh, i'm just there in my pigeon roost yes and of course get the book gutenberg parenthesis.com yeah. it's the inspiration for gutenberg the musical if you and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just stole it i'll, I'll sing next week <laughs> yeah the theme song yeah actually you probably don't want to be known as the inspiration for gutenberg the musical since it's no, an don't. intentionally bad musical but I do want to try to find a way to hitch my wagon to what is sure to be some interest in Gutenberg. You're right. There could be a whole Gutenberg renaissance if I'm not. There could be, terms. and I want to be there. Yeah. So I actually suggested that idea of the playbill to my to my publicist at the publishers, and she said, no, it's a bad idea. Oh, no. People will want to read your book after seeing the. <laughs> I know when I see Oppenheimer on Friday, I'm going to want to read the book. Well, yeah. 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 It sells yeah. books. Mr. Book of Mormon, you want to read the Book of Mormon? I yeah. read it backwards and forwards. I got it on the original gold plates. Uh, Stacy's dying. Stacy's dying. dying. We're trying to we're trying to make <laughs> Stacy crazy, and I think it's working. Aunt Pruitt, you'll find him at Aunt 
AntPruitt.com. You'll find his mm. prints at AntPruitt.com slash prints. New amazingly prints enough. up there. New prints up there. And uh, at and underscore yeah. Pruitt on the, the Mastodon. He's also very active in our Twit social uh, Mastodon and our Twit community, mm-hmm. twit.social and twit.community. You're invited to join. It costs nothing. That's right. You don't have to be a club member, and it's a great place to discuss this show after the fact. Can I give one more plug? Yeah. Be sure to check out this episode of Floss Weekly this week. Um, we talked a lot about uh, AI today on the show and some of the legal ramifications. And Mr. Searles and Ms. Druckmann had a lawyer on today. A chill pirate lawyer. Talking about a lot of the same stuff today, but with, you know, more detail yeah, than legal, we can, With legal know. experience. <laughs> Somebody who actually knows what he's talking really, about. That's what it you're was saying. really, yeah. really good stuff. Oh, nice. Man. So twit.tv slash floss. Ant produces that show. Does a great job, too. And, of course, he's our community manager in Club Twit. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We do This Week in Google, uh, Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. If you uh, are around at that time, watch us live at live.twit.tv. But, of course, after the fact, you can always get a copy of the show at twit.tv slash twig. There's a YouTube channel dedicated to uh, This Week in Google. And the best way to get it is to find a podcast uh, application, a podcatcher, we call them, and subscribe to This Week in Google. That way you'll get it, audio or video or both, automatically the minute it's available. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time. On this week in Google. <laughs> Give us a little bobble finger. Bye-bye. Hey there, Scott Wilkinson here. In case you hadn't heard, Home Theater Geeks is back. Each week, I bring you the latest audio-video news, tips and tricks to get the most out of your AV system, product reviews, and more. You can enjoy Home Theater Geeks only if you're a member of Club Twit, which costs 7 bucks a month. Or you can subscribe to Home Theater Geeks by itself for only $2.99 a month. I hope you'll join me for a weekly dose of Home Theater Geekitude.